Hello, everybody. Happy Labor Day. Hope everybody is having an excellent holiday. I'm a big fan of Labor Day. It's always good to have a three-day weekend. Welcome back to Five Star Radio. I appreciate everyone that jumps in so quick on these. If you can, make sure you hit that like button. I'm assuming you're subscribed, but if you're not, do it. Um, and if you feel like supporting the show, which I'll mention this again, but there's a link tree link in the description, uh, you can go there to support us on Patreon or any other platform, uh, would really appreciate it. Uh, I hate saying it over and over again, but we don't make ad revenue because of the copyrighted content. So if you love five-star matchup, please, please do consider joining the Patreon. As far as my show today, my friends, I am so tremendously excited because today is going to be the first time that we get the entire uh, official five-star gang in one place at one time. Uh, Many of you have uh, been introduced to uh, both of these people already on different shows. Uh, First guy I'm going to bring in, they're both going to be here at the same time, but Uh, I hope most of you are probably familiar with Gage Ryan by this point. I see he's already in the chat. Gage, are you there? I am. What's going on, man? Hey, not too much. Uh, Gage is a video editor who helps out at Five Star Matchup, does some great content. You may have seen his Matt Canada breakdown. Um, And while I'm at it, I'm going to bring in my other guest, Austin, you may know him, a.k.a. the very illustrious Steelers take on Twitter. It's kind of a big deal over there. Everybody loves his Twitter account. He's a very positive dude. Austin, are you there? Wow, what an introduction. I mean, you're you're pretty illustrious over on Twitter, dude. You get more mm-hmm. retweets than I do. I mean, you know, hey. Um, I try. <laughs> you do. You, you put out the positive, and that's what's important. Um. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have a absolutely stacked uh, agenda of things to get to today. Uh, first and foremost, I think we've got to get to uh, Mr. Trent Jordan Watt. Oh, dear. Boys. Oh, no. Boys, just I'm not even going to set anything up. I'm just going to throw it. I'll go to Gage first and then Austin, and then I'll give my take. What do you think? Like, where where do you think we're at? What do you think's happening? Are you ready to panic? Is everything okay? Are you more worried versus last week? What, just what do you think? It, it's, listen, I understand that the Steelers have a very specific way. Like it's it's why it's so difficult to use them in franchise mode at Madden is because <laughs> all of their salary cap is like very specific. You, you know can't restructure. I mean? You can't restructure deals in Madden really. Well, there's also that. Yeah. So I mean, like they have their own thing that they do. Like where they they don't pay high money for receivers. They don't really pay high money for running backs very often. Le'Veon excluded. Uh, but like, I find that the biggest issue is like, they just, they seem stuck in the past on crucial things. Like if TJ Watt is not worth $30 million, then literally no one on that team is period. Oh no, I agree. I think, well, 
and that's a little bit of uh, that's a little bit of the issue with the Steelers is uh, they they are kind of dinosaurs in the way they do business. And I yeah. think I'm guessing yeah, the, I'm guessing the sticking point with Watt is the guaranteed money because typically they don't guarantee that after the first year. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, you you just with a guy like that caliber. When's the last time we had somebody that in their first four years had two All Pros? He was he is literally he is literally better than Aaron Aaron Donald and the fact that he is not like this is why this is my campaign and I it will be this campaign until it's resolved. Uh, pay TJ Watt or fire everyone. I'm with that you. is your motto. It has TJ. It it's the only option really. I mean, they're gonna get. Hopefully, they're gonna get something done. Uh, there's definitely room for concern now going into this week and not practicing today, though. I mean, today, I, I get, like, uh, you mentioned, Steve, that, like, tomorrow is the day that you're going to start being concerned about it. But yeah. really, not showing up today is, I mean, every report, everyone was reporting how he's going to show up today and practice and all that, and to not see him out there today, it's it's clear why people are No, that's true. at least reacting to it, you know? That's true. I think... You know, that brings up an interesting topic, I, I think, uh, as you pointed to some of the reporting around this stuff. But I think I did say this to both of you guys pre-show uh, that I I think that officially tomorrow is the day to be concerned. I think they because they acknowledged uh, the team did or, or whoever that Tomlin is going to address it tomorrow at his presser, because I'm assuming he's doing like a Tuesday noon presser or something, uh, which would be typical. Right. I think normally he does that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think if you don't, if we don't know something by then, uh, then I think it's going to be troublesome because he hasn't practiced uh, at all. Um, And, you know, even if he's your star player and you're not worried about his fitness, how many times have you heard it from football players? Like you need to, you need to play football to take hits. You can't, you can't just roll in one day and and yeah. No matter how good your cardio and fitness is, um, you know, I mean, Austin. I think you're, at this point, I was just gonna say you're not you're not a wrestling guy, but me and Gage were we we were both watching and texting about CM Punk last night on on wrestling, mm-hmm. and that's a thing they always point to in in pro wrestling is like your ring rust and how like no matter how good your fitness is, you know, the only thing that you can do that really simulate that really simulates it is doing the thing and i think football is very much that way yeah i agree you're gonna see i I think no matter what at this point you're gonna see tj have limited snaps next week if he does end up playing which i think he will end up playing but it's gonna be a limited role and who knows to what extent that will be hopefully tomorrow when we hear mike tomlin talk it's not gonna be just a bunch of generalizations and and you know that's a normal coach ling It, it always is but you know, at this point, it's getting concerning to a point where, like, it's down. To it's the obvious wire. that it, that's going to be like the main question. That's going to be the first question out of the gate tomorrow. Oh yeah, of, co- of so course, we'll yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think it's it. I, you know, today it caught me off guard, but I I did see some of the reporters that don't work for a certain outlet point out that today is considered a sort of bonus practice day today's not really what would be an actual practice day so uh, i think it's very possible that they weren't really all that concerned and maybe didn't work that hard on team stuff anyway and so 
I think if TJ is not practicing by Wednesday, though, um, then that's pretty concerning and, and to me would be a bit of a white flag, a bit of a red flag, because if at that point you're still they're still not on the same page then you start to say okay this is a this is actually affecting the team because you know they they could have Mike Hilton they could have I, say what you want but if they're if they're not going to finish the deal with TJ and his numbers aren't going up they cleared a shitload of cap space for nothing because they could still have Mike Hilton and they still could have Mike Hilton either way I, I think they botched that to be quite honest with you um but the because he didn't get a lot of money but no yeah you know, Nelson Hill and all these guys. And I just, I don't know. I think that's why it's so shocking to me. And I can't imagine them not getting it done is because they built everything this off season. Like they were going to sign TJ. Yeah. And I, I mean, he's the guy. I mean, it's clear that that's what the goal was this off season and it coming down to the last wire probably wasn't what they wanted exactly, but who knows what's going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also remember that like Cam was in kind of a similar situation where we were really dreading the start of the season in a way because it was supposed to be yeah. Cam's last on his contract, and then like at the last second before the regular season, they gave him a four-year deal. So I'm, yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not worried yet. Like I just until week one actually happens, I wouldn't be surprised if TJ Watt. This I don't know if you can call this a prediction, but hell, let's roll with it. Like, really, I wouldn't be surprised if TJ Watt doesn't sign until, like, the day before the game. Oh, yeah. Pull uh, Troy on the way to the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just whatever have you. I I cannot even fathom. Like, that's why I say, like, either pay TJ or fire everyone, because I just cannot fathom a world where they let TJ goddamn Watt go. I just can't see that. Well, that's sort of the thing that nobody's acknowledging here, though, is... I mean, is there not a world where maybe they, I mean, it's tough to say because you never, you never expected it with the guy who's going to be the admitted next face of the franchise like him. Um, But there's, it's like, is there a possibility they don't sign him and then they just tag him and sign him after this year? I mean, maybe it's not what you would say. It's absolutely a positivity. Does he want that? I don't think he wants that, but if that's what your if your back is against the wall, is there a possibility they do that? The Steelers are real stubborn, so absolutely there's a possibility that'll happen because they don't like to budge on what they do, even if it's great talent. I mean yeah. they've done it time and time again. They've let people walk. I just but, think it's tough with a guy like that though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he is literally the face of the franchise and they talk about having a standard you have to have players like that to set a standard you know yeah and he's done everything right having a bunch of good players help but the second you put one great player in that good lineup it changes everything it elevates everything it's like the secondary like you put joe hayden in there and minka yeah exactly yeah no they i mean those are i see 90 and 39 as the two guys on that side of the ball that you can lose anybody yeah. else, but the next five to seven years of Pittsburgh Steelers defensive football, to me, needs to be anchored by those two. They're they They're that level of player where you just can't let them go. 
you know, we can always sign corners. Like, corners are a dime a dozen. Like, even certain safeties are a dime a dozen. But there is only one Minka, and there's only one TJ Watt. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I've said it on the show. I, I personally think Minka is the most important player on the team, matter of fact. I agree. But really, like, they could tell, like, I, I know that you said this on Twitter, actually, at one point. I completely agree. They could pay TJ $40 million a year. And I'd be like, yeah, great, fine. Sign oh, yeah. No, the, yeah, sal- the salary cap is fake. It doesn't matter. It Just is. get it done. I, the, this is the thing that's frustrating about this is that I am very pro player. I, I come off sometimes, I think, as I'm like maybe not necessarily super pro player, but in life and in general, I'm very much like, hey, Make man, you're a contractor. Like you're working, you're you know, you have, especially as an athlete, you have 10 years to make your peak money. Like, yeah, go get it. I, I never want to come off that way. What I am sometimes though, is anti-agent because I think sometimes, Oh yeah. Lay beyond. Yeah. Because I think sometimes that they, they, they use these players as sort of bargaining chips in a way that's not always better for them. You know, case in point, you can go somewhere else, but, TJ Watt is more valuable long-term as a career Pittsburgh Steeler than he is as a guy who goes to three or four different teams. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I really think that if, if TJ leaves, whoever they, whoever signs him will probably keep him. I don't see any way that they would let him go because I think yeah. they would probably look at it and be like, wait, did, wait, Pittsburgh let him go. Are you fucking to get him yeah. and sign him for all the money? Yeah, somebody if they're not going to be willing to do it, somebody will, and that should yes. be motivation enough to commit to it. You know, the guy hasn't missed. I I don't know how many games he's missed, but it's extremely few. Like two. I don't think yeah. he's actually has he missed any. I don't know. I was trying to like find it earlier, but I couldn't really find it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that he's missed any games. To be honest, it's it's so few that I can't remember any, which is yes. Good. Um, no, I mean, he's been, and he's become, he's become the leader that you wanted him to be. He's, you know, become more and more vocal. He started, uh, he missed one game in 17 and one game last year, but that was on purpose, I think. Cause that was week 17. Yeah. Right? That was, uh, yeah. <laughs> Two, wow. That's like, and I don't even know. I mean, I'm not looking at it game by game. He might, that might've been the last game in 17. He held out too. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember if he missed cause of injury or not, but. He is literally everything we could have hoped he was. And so if you're not willing to pay that, then what in the hell are you willing to pay for? No, I'm with you. And I mean, what are you saving that money for? Just the fact that we're having this conversation right now is making me feel a little kind of PTSD-y, you know, with what we've seen (laughs) in the past. But And I do think the the important thing, everybody pointed out to me on Twitter every time I am slightly negative uh everybody will point out like oh well troy signed his on the tarmac cam signed his the day before joe whatever that is all true but there's to me it's a completely different context between your second deal and your third do you know what i mean like yeah cam hayward they weren't he wasn't gonna fucking go anywhere he's cam hayward he's a pittsburgh Steeler. like the dude's not going anywhere he would have taken less money to stay here if he if it really got to free agency i don't really see him taking you know by far the best deal i think he wants to be a Steeler, and you know that is what it is it's like vince williams you know those i think tj's in that similar situation I don't think so. I think TJ's different. I think TJ hasn't been paid yet. So TJ's in a position as an athlete that 
he's got to do what this is his best chance to cash in his entire career. No, no, no. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that he was a guy who, like, I think that if he had the choice, like, let's say team a offers him 30 million, uh, but then the Steelers offer him 28, 27, but with guarantees, I think he'd take the opportunity to be in, be in Pittsburgh. I think the guarantees are literally the only problem here. Yeah, it very easily could just be that. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I think, don't think I don't think TJ wants to leave by any stretch of the imagination. I think anyone would pick the stability as long as they're okay with the organization, which I don't think he has any problem with them personally. So like yeah. if they're okay with that, I think anyone would choose stability, but at the end of the day, like you were saying, I mean, this game can literally take years off your life. So get yeah. paid. No, you exactly. Play. Hey, I'm just, yeah. I'm just going to take a, I'm going to just take one second to say we have like three times as many people watching this currently as have liked it. So uh, maybe hit that thumbs up real quick, right? Rank us in the algorithm a little bit. You know, we got some new competition these days. We got to like, we got to get these numbers pumping dudes. I see like 30 something people chilling. So uh, click that like button. Um, but that's not to interrupt. That's just to be Mr. YouTube. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I agree. I think I, I think the thing with Watt is it looks to me now that they're using their strongest bargaining chip, which is playing time. Uh, and, you know, I think the closer he they, they have the Steelers, they kind of have the Steelers by the balls, right? Like, because all of what we're saying is that they, they need to get this done and they're going to look like chumps if they don't get it done. So why not push it to Saturday? I mean, shit, it's an 18 game season. Is it that is it that big of a deal? Are you does it change your view of TJ Watt if he does not practice this week and he either plays or plays 10 snaps on Sunday because of a contract negotiation? Let me ask you that. Does that change your view of TJ Watt a little? Maybe a little, but honestly, because I feel like I feel like the people that are like, think about Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward still showed up to practice. He said, yeah, we'll get it done. Uh, Joe Hayden wants to get an extension. He says, yeah, we'll get it done. He shows up to practice. Like, it, I think that if he were to actually start withdrawing from the team, like actually hurting the team in the process, kind of like Le'Veon yep. did, I would look at him slightly differently. So yeah, he, I agree with that. So if he's not a full practice on Wednesday, is that time to start getting a little pissed? No, I... I Still, I still think that as long as he plays in, I don't want to say full capacity, but at least relatively full capacity at week one. Again, he could, like you said on Twitter, like they, he could roll off the couch in May and put up like two sacks a game. Like that's just the kind of player he is. So until he is not helping us, until he is actively hurting us, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not worried. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I think I could play devil's advocate there and say Please. if TJ Watt doesn't play a full allotment of snaps against an AFC contender that you might be battling for seeding in December, does that not hurt the team a little I bit? I could see how you could be upset because especially uh, if I mean, they if, do manage to come to something and he ends up missing time, even if they do come to an exactly. agreement, like that is actively hurting us in a way you know what i mean so there is uh criticism to be had at that point but does it i mean it's not going to make me like despise him like he's not at least he's showing up and and doing the mental work which is it's true i just all i'm gonna point out and i don't know if it's 
I don't even want to allude to what the difference might be, but all I'm saying is if this was number 19 instead of number 90, people are behaving differently, don't you think? Absolutely. (laughs) And I just think that that's kind of fucked up. I I think TJ, to this point, we have all been pretty easy on it because we all kind of assumed it was no big deal and he was going to get it done. And it was just like, why is he going to go to training camp? Whatever. Um, But I think it like if he misses a game or he plays 20 snaps in week one, while it's forgivable and I understand you're negotiating it does, I think, in a little way, change Leaves my perception. Sour taste. It, it changes my perception of who I thought TJ Watt was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also think that there's a difference. But I know you got to get paid. I know you got to get paid. I, I don't know. I feel conflicted, conflicted saying that, but I'm processing it in real time. And I do, I don't know. It would kind of piss me off a little bit. It's it's kind of like you have to separate your uh, your view. You're like fandom of the team and the players. You know what I mean? True, like, true you at the end of the day you still have to be a, a fan of your team obviously but you know you got to kind of separate the two yeah yeah no i just I, I think that comparison is just really interesting if you were to think of him as a you know uh, somebody who wears a number in the teens you know i just i think people would be behaving quite differently right now well i mean look juju is a completely different animal like pe- like boomers don't respect Juju, but boomers respect TJ Watt. I think that's what a lot of the shit you see on Twitter kind of boils down to. That's true, but I don't remember the training camp that Juju Smith-Schuster held out of. Do you guys? No, like, no! No! I mean, I'm 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 not trying to press any buttons, but, I mean, hey, Juju's been there every camp. Well, listen, TJ Watt is the best pass rusher in the entire league. Juju Smith-Schuster is the best slot receiver in the league right now. Mm. Statistically, look that shit up. It, when yeah. you say, like, so the fact that, like, I don't know. I think you could actually draw direct comparisons. But the fact that people don't because, you know, they're focusing on, you know, him walking on milk crates. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's compelling, man. I, I don't want to talk about TJ the whole show because I, I do want to get to some other stuff. So yeah, I, I'll give on. you guys just uh, final words. Do you think, do you, if you had to place all your money in the world, all your possessions in the world on it, um, and this goes for people in the chat too, um, if you had to bet yes or no, TJ Watt signs a contract by Saturday, What do you? where would you place the bet? Hey, TJ Watt or fire everyone. I know, but I'm asking you, what's going to happen? No, I, if I had to guess, like really, if you, you've had gotten to the head, I, I would say that they get it done and TJ stays a stealer. But that's because I'm expecting common sense to prevail. But that <laughs> that that bet has not always uh, not always helped me. So we'll see what happens. And Austin? Yeah, for me, I think it's uh, it's it's hard to actually like. obviously we're fans so we're gonna say we want that to happen obviously and that's what we're looking to happen Mm -hmm. but would i put money on them doing that exactly i'm not sure because do i think he'll play in week one i yeah i think he will no matter what comes up probably limited snaps if and 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 like you said i think wednesday's the day that we need to start or, or tomorrow is the day that we need to really start asking the big questions yeah, hey, I I think I would I think I would agree with that. I 
Um, Jesse James caught that ball. Shout out. He's in the uh, the chat. One of my favorite internet buds. He says he signs a deal by Saturday, 100%. Uh, a couple other people. Joshua Shield says, I say they get it done earlier than Saturday. Um, I was actually I was about to shout out Jesse uh, or Jesse James caught that ball. I was reading his stuff uh, just a second ago. Like honestly, Jesse, I just want to take a quick moment to say his new their new shirt is really cool. So. I have I have one. He sent it yep. to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am seriously trying to facilitate more merch sharing between uh, the various small content creators in the community this year because is that the Muth shirt? Oh no, that was the one that Big Steeler Mood made. Uh, uh, okay. Which, by the way. There I are sold, a lot of nice shirts. I sold my boy, like, I helped him sell, like, seven shirts that day because I posted <laughs> a, a, you know, cute influencer pic of me wearing it and got some likes. A few people uh, bought it. And then Friarmouth slid into my man's DMs and got himself one. How about that? Nice. Yeah. I love Freaking shout it. out to Pat. Like, he is, I've, if this can actually be a good segue for us, uh, talking about, like, the players we're most excited for this sure. year. Who, like... And to me, you, if Fryermuth isn't maybe not at the top of the list, but certainly one of the top three, then I don't know what your list is. Like, Fryermuth has, for one, he's looked damn near f- flawless in the preseason. And then, yes, that's preseason, yeah. I understand. But, like, the sticky hands, the route running, he can block. Like, he, he's fantastic. Like, he looks exactly like Heath Miller. He might be more athletic than Heath, too. I think he is. I think he is as well. Yeah. Um, no, that is a good transition. And uh, did you guys take a look at the depth chart that they put out today? I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I any, heard some, any thoughts some on footnotes. That? Well, thank God they put Kendrick Green as the starting center. Yeah, I knew that was a case of you could just tell. Like sometimes with Tomlin, again, I've mentioned this before, but I can just read him. And I know with guys that have that personality, like Dotson or Kendrick, like you can tell he just wants to force them to to like be pissed about it and want it you know what i mean he likes to push those buttons so i knew that's why he wasn't anointing him but i knew he was gonna start yeah i mean he's been taking the starting reps all yeah camp, pretty much so um, it's pretty obvious he's gonna start but that is the tomlin way of kind of pushing him my uh my good friend in the chat by the way says can we talk about pat now being tight end one on the depth chart and i don't know if you guys noticed that but that to me was the most interesting yeah, thing yeah they listed them. They listed, they listed them and... as co-starters, yes. didn't they? Yep. Yeah, that's interesting, and I think that's like them showing him the respect that, like, I think they think he's gonna be great, like we do, because he's shown that ability. So, I agree. I think that's just even more of a of proof of that he will be that kind of person that we want him to be. He's definitely one of the top people, like Gage said, top three people to be looking for this season. And the fact that if I could, uh, to your point, actually, also, like when they say that they were co-starters, I think that that's actually a little bit of a tell or a little bit of a sign that yep. 12 personnel is going to be huge this year. Yeah. I completely agree. They're going to, they're going to, you're going to see two tight ends a lot. They're going to work in tandem. And I think, I think you're going to see Ebron be almost more of like wide receiver four. Yes. Yep. Um, and which I'm okay mismatch. with. He's a good mismatch. Yeah, I'm very pro Ebron, as you know. So I am too. I mean, Ebron has his ups and downs, but it, it really is. You can't let it like take away from the positives. No, well, dude, like, that guy's a works. great, a great athlete. Like, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he gets open. He made a couple. 
couple touchdowns on like yak plays last year and i'm like ain't no tight end and Steelers that i've been watching at least in the last 20 years even heath heath was great but heath wasn't like taking the ball and like beating guys to the corner like ebron does no, he was he was like if Heinz Ward was a tight end, like where he just caught the ball and went freaking forward. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like I loved watching watching Fryer move. Like the fact, like those two touchdown passes. Uh, one of them was, you know, I would say a relatively standard catch, but the other one was fantastic. Like yeah. he really yeah, is. Beautiful. He's got sticky hands, man. And like I he reminds me and I, I have to mention it again. He reminds me of Heath Miller. He looks like a lot like Heath Miller or maybe a Travis Kelsey if you want to draw a little bit of a comparison to him. But like, really, I think Fryerman's going to be excellent. And someone on the defense who I think is actually going to be excellent. Uh, Steve's talked about it at nauseum is uh, Melvin Ingram. Oh, yeah. I feel so strongly about Melvin Ingram. I, I think you're going to have Alex could be great. And I still think you're going to have trouble taking Ingram off the field. I think he's going to be that guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, it, he's just, he's I a mean, legit player. When you look at him, the way he moves, there's something about pass rushers where you can just tell the ones who are like professional pass rushers. Like if you go back a few years um, and remember guys like Elvis Doomerville and stuff, guys who weren't great players, but somehow just like, they'd be a great pass rusher and they'd be able to get 14, 15 sacks or something. You know, pass rush is one of those things. You don't necessarily have to be the most talented, the strongest, fastest, most skilled, but it's just, it's a skill set. It's knowing how to do it. And I think Ingram adds a lot there. Mm -hmm. And it's the fact that like he, he's so experienced and like anybody who has more than one pro bowl, I consider to be at least, you know, decent. Like I, Jake Plummer went to one Pro Bowl. You know what I'm saying? He went to a lot AFC of championship make... game. He did. He did. And then he got the shit got kicked out of him by, by the Steelers defense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> but like, I think that the Steeler D, like maybe more than any other defensive scheme in the entire league, outside of maybe the Rams, like they're good at just bringing out the best in their players. And that's why I. I'm not trying to transition this, but that's why I'm so excited for the Matt Canada offense, just for the fact that this is the first freaking time really in Steelers history where we're not relying on raw power and raw execution to, to win our games. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I really like the fact that he's going to be up in the booth and calling from up there. And yes, me yeah, too. Me you too. on the game, because I feel like you just can't get the same view and outlook on the game. I, on the sideline. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think the other thing that I like about that is that Ben, is, and I think this is why Canada did it, is because Ben doesn't need you in his face coming up with the clipboard and the armor yeah. on his shoulders. He oh. hated that shit when yeah, Arians no did it. He Because he's, he's played for so Yeah, Haley. Um, that's what I meant. But he he's done it for so long. He doesn't need you coming up to him and saying, what did you see? And I think Canada probably, you know, was smart about that. And and I think that's a good move for him. Um, I think you're going to see if he's allowed, Dobbs will kind of be almost that kind of de facto version of that. Um, and I think it's smart for Canada. I think he's gonna he's gonna be do really he's gonna do really well. My concern, and this is what I've been saying all summer, is just what is his counterpunch when people have an idea of what he's going to do. And all the people in the know tell me, Gage, you know, you tell me all the time, 
he's hyper aware of trends and his own that's, trends, especially. Yep. Yes. And that's that's important because I was talking to you. We were talking about uh, like Cower earlier and whether or not he could coach <laughs> nowadays. And that wasn't even see. This is just natural transition. But yeah. Um, shout out Five Star Radio. Uh, check it out. Make sure you like it if you are in the chat right now. And if you can, hit that link tree link below and support us on Patreon patreon.com slash five SMU. But we were talking about dinosaur coaches and stuff like that and how the game just changes so much. And I think the cool thing about Canada is he's the first coach we've had. That's kind of, and I think the start of this for me, I've mentioned it before. I thought bringing Terrell Austin in was a really big dynamic shift for the defense. And it's not a coincidence. I mean, they also got Minka, but it's not a coincidence that the secondary instantly got better when they started paying more attention to, bringing in somebody like that. Cause you know, who was leading the secondary before? I think it was Carnell Lake again, great player, but somebody with a sort of eighties, nineties mindset and history of football. And I think one of the good things I give Tomlin credit for is he's starting to, he's starting to become aware of that and shift a little more forward with the thinking. Um, Feekner, it was convenient because he was there and Ben I like liked patchwork. him. patchwork. Ben liked them. Yes. You figured you could just, you know, how many more years of Ben are left? Let's just roll into it. It can't be bad, whatever. But then what happens is you get somebody who, no matter, I'm not going to knock Feekner's contribution to the sport because he's been around a long time. He's He is respected, all right? So, like, I try not to really shit on him on Five Star too much because he he is respected. He did contribute to this game of football, Um but he's like, you know, 75 years old or something, and it's 2021. I mean, the, these head coaches now, the 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 Sean McVeighs of the world, the Cliff Kingsburys. I mean, these guys were playing Madden in the 90s when we were. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah. they're it's just different mindset. They're thinking about analytics. They're thinking about long term decision making tendencies. And I don't know if a guy who was 75 was was doing that. You know? Well, I think that that okay in general. Uh, old coaches, I would agree that they they the game tends to pass them by oftentimes. But I also think that you have your outliers. And I think sure. that, I mean, like you had Bill Cower, for instance, who was constantly in the AFC Championship game. He won a Super Bowl finally. But I mean, like, really, if it weren't for the Patriots, he might have been a three or four times Super Bowl winning coach. Like, he really could have been. And so you had, but then, like, that's true, yeah, I, but you know the one thing I like to put Yinzers in their place on because I'm just a hair, I'm like half a generation older than you two, and I think the one thing yeah. about Cower, he mm-hmm. did have epically disappointing moments too. He did. Like that the, the yeah. '94. I've been wanting to talk about the '94 team a lot on the show, but that team had no fucking business losing to the Chargers uh, in the AFC Championship game, and they did. He you know, he had years where he didn't deserve to get to the AFC Championship game and got there. So good for him. I give him credit. But he did have moments. And say what you want. Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady yet in 2001. They got no. absolutely yeah. fucking whooped by that Patriots team. So, you yeah. know, Cower had his well, moments too. Cower did have his moments. That's true. And not to uh, not to speak over you, Austin. But, like, I, I really think that Cower is an outlier I really think like he, he was a guy who he had what I think like one or two losing records or something like that. Like he was a consistently winning coach and he did it with essentially the same formula. It was just 
power run and play action passing. And I mean, those concepts, it's not like those concepts don't work nowadays. I, we were mentioning this in the group chat, like that yeah, power run and play action. We see that from uh, Tennessee. They're more zone. I get that, but they run power sometimes too. Sure. Uh, you see that with, uh, with Cleveland, you see that with all these teams. I think that like, if you give Cowher, let's say three seasons, I think he could get back to, let's say a, a 10 and seven, 11 and six could make a playoff run. I don't know if he could win a Super Bowl nowadays, but I definitely think that he could be an outlier. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer, people forget this. Marty Schottenheimer's last season as a coach, he went 14 and two. Wow. Yeah. Like there, there are definitely outliers, man. And I mean, the fact that Marty and Bill Cowher ran the exact same offense and defense. I don't know, man. He could be an outlier. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Matt Canada. We should talk more about Matt Canada. We should. <laughs> we should. Well, you know, I'd love to hear. Uh, we have our good buddy who is a big supporter of Five Star Matchup has his own channel, Off Season Productions, in the chat, and I'd love to hear his oh, yeah. take on uh, on um, on this the Cower debate and if he thinks he could be, you know, adequate in a in today's modern sort of NFL. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel. I feel good about Canada. I think they're going to be really interesting. For once, I'm really excited to see what the offense is going to look like. I can't remember the last time I thought, well, I can. It was when Todd Haley got hired. That was the last time I thought, yeah. oh, the offense is going to be different. I was excited for the Haley hiring. And in I, I still think Haley was a good offensive coordinator. I think you can make the case he was the best offensive coordinator of the Roethlisberger era, to be frank. I think that it was, was that also a hot a take. I, no, I, I mean... It, but it, it was a case with... with I don't with, know, man. I, I felt like that was the most we ever had an offensive system that actually thought about tendencies. And I mean, because I've been going back and watching some Aryan stuff, doing some midweek stuff. And man, the Steelers fans have the most rose-colored glasses with they Bruce do. Arians because oh, we yeah. all wanted him gone. All of us. And yeah. it was a relief would have that. had his career ended. Roethlisberger's career would have ended underneath that Bruce Arians offense. No doubt. Period. He was taking like career highs in sacks. He was taking like league high sacks or something ridiculous like that. Like that's again why I'm so goddamn excited for the Matt Canada offense because it protects freaking quarterbacks. You know, when yep. every play is essentially either a run or a play action bootleg, you can keep the defense away. You can diagnose about the play action. Like this season might be the easiest season that Ben's had in his whole career. Wow. It really yeah. might be. I think Ben really has bought into the idea as well. And I, yeah. I think it's going to really play in favor for everyone involved. And and that really should be probably, that's probably my number one thing that I'm looking forward to the most. And and because it, it secedes, like, even looking at specific players, like, this is the whole scheme we're talking about. Like, we, we could see quite the difference here. And I think it's something that we should really be looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, like, I, I, I mean, I'm excited just to see our guys fit into it. I think, yeah, uh, the you know I've talked about it a few times on the show over August, but the the thought of seeing like Juju and Claypool on end of rounds and stuff, and and you know that being like a common and frequent part of the offense for me, yeah, you is know, just so exciting. You know, we talk about a lot like how the Steelers want to use their players to their best abilities and like put them in situations where they like 
mm-hmm. they're going to succeed. But offensively, that hasn't always been the case. Like last oh. year, I don't think they've done that much. <laughs> no, <Nope. laughs> exactly. And like, and that's really what I'm looking forward to is Canada putting those players in a position that they can actually succeed in. And we can see the best from those players. Cause I don't, we've been neglected of that last year, especially. Just think about this. And I think that this is a fun comparison to draw that when Jared Goff entered, but keep in mind, Sean McVay's offense and Matt Canada's offense are damn near identical. Like Matt Canada uses more motion. And I think that Matt Canada uses more 12 personnel, whereas Sean McVay uses a lot more 11, but they're essentially the same thing. And I find that, when you bring up the fact that Jared Goff was an MVP candidate under the system, I really think that a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback can find a way to do something with a limited arm. Yeah, I I would agree. I think it's, um, you know, I mean, Ben has looked good moving around and stuff this this preseason. The few times we've seen him do it, I think it just matters how his mm. how his knees and lower body hold up as the season goes on. He'll be, um, yeah. It is a long season. It, I mean, it's it a- is, and you know, it's it's just being honest to say he didn't play well in the back half of last year, really. And I, I personally thought it. I always thought it was that Cowboys the the knee injury against the Cowboys. I think he was more hurt than we realized. But yeah. people also have to remember that that was an offensive scheme that relied completely and 100% on the quarterback throwing perfect passes and the receivers making perfect catches all the time. There was no sense of, I never ever got the sense under Randy Finkner that he was like, I, I want to see how I can outmaneuver or out tactic our opponents here. No, he was like, yeah. okay, these guys go out there and uh, make an amazing throw. It was, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Brett Coleman's video on the Packers offense under Mike McCarthy, but it was, I, I got flashbacks to so many Steelers offenses because it oftentimes seems like it was making things harder on Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Canada's not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. I hope that's the case. I, I think Ben can still be good, and I thought he still had really good moments. I mean, I went back and watched some of my shows from last year, and there were moments when I was I was advocating that I thought he was playing as well as, as he had ever played because, yeah. you know, an uncomfortable thing nobody wants to talk about is Ben really wasn't that good or accurate on deep throws really since, like, 15, to be honest. 16, 17, 18, he was actually really not that accurate on deep throws. Um, so... To me, that hadn't really changed that drastically, but I think nah. the only th- the, the, just the only thing that really got me last year was that Bengals game. That was just the only moment yeah, where I yeah. was like, "Man, I've just seen Ben be able to do this and then just say fuck it and pull it off at the end." And that was the first time Superman couldn't, like, he couldn't find yeah. a cape, and that's what shook me. But then he found it against Indy, so I don't know what the hell to think. It felt it like was- we relied on him trying to do that way too yes. much last year where where that should be a last resort yes where it yes. felt like that was like oh well we'll have ben just call it in the second half and it'll be okay we'll make it out alive but like that should never be the case yes that's, that's a very that's good that, point that's something that guys like tree have talked about with the steelers at nauseum is the is the like oh okay well we're not going to play in structure anymore fuck it we'll just rely on our high-end talent and it's so nice that for the first time ever, that's, oh, Jesus. 
we're not doing that. And I mean, when you had... Well, and also the problem with that too, not to interrupt you, but the problem with that too is that I think you could make the argument that we didn't have the high-end talent to fall back on. I mean, even if Ben was Ben, you're still talking about a difference in a span of three years. You know, if you go back to 2017, the people he was chucking it to were Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. And in 2020, the people he was throwing it at for those possession downs were Deontay Johnson and handing it off to James Conner. And frankly, neither of them did their job last year. Conner, everybody gives him, everybody loves him and everything, but whether it was the run game, the offensive line with the run blocking, whatever it was, they weren't able to pick up like third and twos on the ground at all. And then what happens is there's the cumulative effect when you have to burn those plays. How many times... Remember I did that Juju video last year and people were like, what is this? Because I did like gritty plays or something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how many things on that were these tricky little things to convert like third and one, third and twos? But those are pass plays you're burning. And then by November, that's when Marlon Humphrey is like, oh, by the way, we knew fucking everything they were doing. Yeah. You know, you know, with Connor, like I posted a screenshot early this morning um, of Najee pretty much with two guys right in front of him like two yards back and he manages to get like six yards out of that and and that's something that we should like really be looking forward to as a change because i felt like james connor didn't have that ability when no, he and that's oh, i'm sorry. sorry go ahead go ahead no so that was something that i noticed with the uh when i did the Najee harris uh, rookie of the year montage from a couple months ago is uh like okay so austin and steve i don't remember if, i don't know if you guys remember when we drafted Najee that kevin colbert so- said something that got memed like to hell which was that he finds invisible yards oh yeah you guys totally. remember that Totally. Yeah. Okay. It, it was funny because the, I remember watching in those preseason games. I'm gonna where be gone for 20 got... seconds. You guys keep it going. I'll be right back. 20 seconds. Yeah, take, take your cool. time. Yeah. I mean, like I I saw that. Like when when I forget which play preseason game it was, but they played a preseason game and they hand the ball off on an on an inside zone, and yep. it was and like the entire line just got collapsed inward. It seemed. Yep. And he somehow got a six yard gain out of that. I was like, how? What in the hell is that even physically possible? Yeah, I posted. I think my screenshot was from the Eagles game. I think, and and it, like you said, it's it's really great to see that because, like, not to compare, but that's something we haven't seen since since Bell was here. Yeah. Like that's that's what made him great, in my opinion. That's why he got so much recognition. Is he knew how to work himself in the box and and get those extra yards, and and that's Maybe so crucial. That. I mean, every yard matters, and and if you can't like. If you can't pick up those two extra yards when when you need them, like you're putting your team in a horrible that was situation. Always, that was the problem with the offense last year. Was it's, it wasn't that they were never able to get decent pickups on the ground. It's just that when you need to be able it to get two, when you need to be able to get two or three, you need to be able to get two or three. And there were so many plays in those those Bills game, the Bills game, Redskins game, and of course those are both good fronts, but they just like. They couldn't do it. They they couldn't they couldn't just line up in an I formation and yeah. get a third and two. They just they couldn't do it. Yeah, and people always want to blame the line for that, and and you know sometimes it is that, and but sometimes it's also the fault of the runner too. Like, yes, it can be it can 
there both are factors at the end of the day and a lot of people don't want to give that side of it as being a factor in it but it, but it is i mean naji can help this line grow as much as this line can help naji grow as a player that's that's a very that's actually a very good point and 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 i think it's part of why you've seen that you've seen them make a real sort of paradigm shift on the offense you know um they targeted some different guys as far as linemen than maybe we would have expected i i don't i mean shit we all did a million mock drafts saw everybody all the nick Farabaugh's of the world all these people tweeting about everything related to the draft and i don't i didn't see anybody have kendrick green on their radar as the steelers draft pick and clearly they targeted him you know, I think a lot oh, of people yeah. a lot of people thought they could go after Najee and Fryermuth if he was there. I don't think a lot of people thought he would be there at 55. But crazy. It seemed yep. on the radar. I think for one, I'll be honest, I actually think if Najee was gone, I think they would have taken Fryermuth in the first round. That's what they said they were going to do. I I really think and I think that was factual. Did they say that that's interesting. I think they, they would have. I think they really <laughs> like him that much. I think they think he's going to be that good. But Kendrick, nobody had him nobody had him on their radar and Oh, this was a point I was getting to is that they're kind of redesigning the uh, the scheme and the players to fit each other in real time. Um, yeah. Because remember when when uh, Munchak came in and suddenly it was like, oh, we have a good offensive line now. We have Mike Munchak, and they built that line to work for Le'Veon Bell. That the, yeah. that line wasn't built to work with James Conner. They they weren't built, you know, Pouncey, you know, DeCastro was just an all pro. He could do whatever, but Pouncey, especially Villanueva, Villanueva yes. Yeah. They they were they their run blocking in 15, 16, 17, that was pass blocking. Cuz that's yep. that's what you did with Le'Veon. You were basically setting screens like it was basketball. And then suddenly you have this guy who's like a power back and it it changes the whole dynamic. So I think you're seeing them build the team, like Gage said, to kind of suit Najee as the new centerpiece. Yeah, I think they're getting back to that idea of putting people in the positions that, I mean, that goes along with it, putting the people in the positions where they're going to succeed. And, and that was I feel something... like we really stride away from that. That was something we saw absolutely none of with Randy Finkner. Like here, exactly. I'll get, like one of the examples that I love to give people was when okay, there was it was some a single back, maybe uh, like a trio to the right or something like that, and uh, or a bunch to the right rather. Uh, and I know that they motioned a guy over, and that guy went across the field and became the fullback on the play. And then they handed it to the fullback and got a third and one and got a first down. And I was like, oh, that was actually a pretty cool play. It was a cool play design. Turns out Matt Canada's play design. Because uh, I've seen other his, some of his college teams do that. And uh, then literally on the exact same drive, they got to, I think it was a fourth and one, and mm-hmm. did verbatim the same play. And, of course, <laughs> they stopped it. I was like, <sighs> Randy. That's Finker. like story of last year. That's what I it know. felt like. So much. Randy Figner's offenses are running into brick walls and hoping the wall breaks. Yep. <laughs> wow, that's a good. I'm strong enough to break this wall. That's yeah. a Tomlin. <laughs> that's, that's a Tomlin-esque uh, turn of a phrase there, Gage. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. 
Uh, no, but I mean, like, when you looked at it was so frustrating. And again, this goes back to the, the Brett Coleman Packers piece I was telling you about. Like, there was a game between the Packers and the Patriots where you, on one hand, you had Aaron Rodgers rolling out of the way, throwing at a crazy arm angle into traffic to score touchdowns. And then on the other side, they had Cordero Patterson running freaking ISO behind a fullback for five and a half yards of carry. Yeah, it's like, I, just make just it easy. You, can I just tell you, by the way, this is a quick side note. It doesn't really, it's not really a point for that, but. Uh, I thought Cordero Patterson was going to be so good. I wanted him on the Steel. I wanted the Steelers to draft him so bad. Just fun little piece of trivia about old five star there. I thought I he was going to be like great. I thought it'd be cool if they took him now. He's a great kick returner. You can bring him in as a as a a receiver slash uh, running back. I think that's kind of where the game's going now. Is like these flex kind of positions, but like your Taysom Hills yeah. and whatnot. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Cordell Patterson. I think Matt Canada could actually do some real real work with him. Speaking of uh, special teams, like kick returners and stuff, um, this is an, a non-Steelers aside, but hey, shout out 44 concurrent viewers chilling in the chat right now. I love it. If you can uh, hit that like button, that'd be awesome. And there's a link down below that can bring you to uh, various five-star links where you can help follow us or support us on other platforms. So please do that if you can. Um, speaking of kick returners, though, the uh, Devin Hester is a first is is up for his first um, eligibility for the Hall of Fame this year. Do you guys think he gets in? Do as. Do I think he gets in or do I think he deserves to get in? I think are two separate questions. I was assuming that we would all be in the camp of he deserves to get in. I agree. Yes. Are, yeah. are you there, Austin, too? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I am there, too. Yeah. So, but, I mean, do you think he gets in on a first ballot? I mean, because to me, if you're considering kick returner as his position, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the best person I ever oh, saw yeah. do that job. It's him and Cordell Patterson for the two best. Yeah. Cordero Patterson was the only guy that I would see uh, taking a, a kick literally from the back of the end zone. I don't know if I ever saw Devin Hester go all the way to the back and, and return it. Like, he's definitely taken it six, seven yards deep. But, like, I've seen Cordero literally, like, lean back, like, to avoid being out of bounds, catch it, and then take it back for a touchdown. So I don't know if I've ever seen anyone do that. Yeah, no, he was he was an impressive I mean, they're both impressive players. I think the only other thing I saw like that, I remember maybe 2003, Chris McAllister, cornerback for the Ravens, returned a missed field goal like 107. Wow. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. He because you That's can crazy. you can field a field goal if you want, and he he returned it like 107. That was awesome. I haven't seen that since. Um, my man Nubian Sosa is in the chat, and he says Dante Hall was better than both. I guess I consider Dante Hall more of a punt returner than a kick returner. Yeah. It's different jobs. The kick <laughs> returner, it is impressive that Cordero Patterson is doing that in this era because the kick return is pretty hard now. Um, if they're going to just like kind of outlaw it by changing the rules constantly, then they should just get rid of it and you should just start over on the you should just start on the 25. Someone just said in the chat, uh, what are your thoughts on we we already kind of talked about Bell being a Raven. But, like, really, I, I think it's worth mentioning. If Le'Veon Bell is the starting running back for the Ravens, they're going to go, like, 9-8. and eight. I don't think he would be the starter, but... Well, I, they already lost yeah. Dobbins and, and Hill. Mm. Well, they have... Uh, who else? Gus, 
Gus Edwards. Yeah, oh, Gus, Gus Edwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Gus. Well, will and get we the both start. we all know their starting running back is Lamar Jackson. That's yeah, true. exactly. What do you? T- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that too. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, I'm not concerned about Bell being a Raven, though. If he does go down that path, I don't think he'll get. It would be weird as shit. I don't think it would be weird as shit, wouldn't it? Though it would be a weird sight. <laughs> it's kind of like seeing uh, Villanueva in the Ravens uniform. It's a little weird. That is, but I don't. I mean, you know, that's that Villanueva. Is, though it's a different story. That is totally Villanueva true. was bad when he was with us, so yeah. I don't expect him. I mean, to I'm happy better. to see him in a Ravens uniform. I am. Yeah, yeah. It, I, Big I, Al versus TJ Watt. Good luck. I also. Yeah, I, I don't think he fits with what they're doing, though. Me neither. It didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't. I'm still trying to figure out why Russell Okung is a is a free agent. Um, I don't get it. I think maybe because the old men who run football teams think that Bitcoin is like a distraction or something. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out why he doesn't have a job going into the season, but I, I still can't figure out why the Steelers didn't add one decent tackle. Are you, do you have any yeah. level of concern? Now we're going into week one with the starters being Dan Moore on the left and Chukes on the right. After, especially after they tried to move Chukes to the left all camp. And now suddenly yeah, it's then like, at the last minute they change him over back. But I mean, that's definitely a call for the concerned making moves. Whenever you're, anytime you're making a move like that, this close to week one, it, it's a call for at least, it's definitely something to look for, you know? Totally agree. Well, Chukes is a right tower. It, excuse me. was a right tackle though, right? Initially. That's where they had uh, him play. But, last year i think I yeah but remember. i think they moved him there i think they yes. said he was better at left but then they moved him to right and then no, they moved the him back to left. no no austin is right they said that they had him playing at right and they said that they thought his more natural position was left yeah. and everybody said back. he's been absolutely just the worst the weakest link all training camp yeah so maybe he is a right maybe he's well, why is he why is he starting over Zach Banner? Is Zach Banner really just that bad? Banner's on IR. He's hurt. Yeah, he's on IR. Oh well, no. I oh yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. only. I mean, when it's he only, comes it's back, it's only three weeks. It's only three weeks. Banner did win the starting Banner's right gonna... job last year. I think no. I think yeah. if Banner Banner will get the job the second he comes back because he's a Tomlin guy. Tomlin will just give him the job no matter what. But the I agree, but if but if he's a liability at left, I mean, then there's there's that's another cause oh, for concern I, yeah, I've for not re- getting somebody else or something doing something. Well, to me, I've always seen Banner. I think Banner. They see Banner as a right. I think if Dan Moore isn't bad, if he is not struggling, which I mean, reports are he's gotten better every day, and if he yeah. plays capably at the left because he can move a little bit, he's younger, he's faster, you know, again to that Canada offense. Yeah. Could you I think you could see a world where and I think it might be the best case scenario if he doesn't struggle where you keep him at left. Yeah. Banner's ready to come back. You put Banner at right cuz to me mm-hmm. Banner's a right tackle. It's just he's a Absolutely. mauler. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And and then you leave Chukes as the swing because honestly Chukes played a, was a pretty decent uh swing tackle. I don't know if it was a rookie or second year. I can't remember how many years he's been here. But I yeah, I agree. That's the that's probably the best route, and it's going to be interesting to see how they hold up until week three or whenever he gets back. Yeah, I. <clears throat> what are you guys? What's your level of concern with to it? By the way, he'll be back. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll be back when after the three weeks, but obviously you can never know, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they were probably hoping that having him, you know, uh, just around the team and all that, I think would kind of entice him to want to play maybe, and I, I think they probably... I don't know if they expected this. I think this is a little outside of what they maybe anticipated, but you can't. This you season, can't ever this offseason has been a lot of that of of unanticipated. Because I mean, they could have kept they could have kept people that they let go if if they knew some things beforehand here, as far as people leaving unexpectedly and getting injured and stuff. So that's very true. I don't know. That's very true. The the. The one I can't get over, I mentioned it earlier, but man, they, they really could have brought Hilton back. Yeah, I would feel a lot better if Hilton, about the secondary in general, not that I feel horrible about it, but I would feel much better if, if he was still there in the slot. I like the trade for Witherspoon, though. I think he could be a real contributor, and he gives me a little bit more confidence that you at least have a backup plan for if Pierre just ain't it. He has he's very good at man coverage and that's exactly what we need. Yeah, he looks like a yeah. legit cornerback on paper. I mean, shit, I don't put a lot of stock in pro football focus, but they I think they ranked him like the fourth best corner last year in the league, which I think it's fifth. Again, I don't put a lot of stock in it, but still he must be doing something right on tape if they had him that high. Yeah, I mean I don't I can't really Of course the Steelers were fucking eleven and zero, and they said they were like the fifth worst team in the league or whatever the hell, so I don't fucking know. What do I know? What do I know? Yeah, I mean, we won that. We're the only team that like will win the division and somehow end up as the worst team in the division. Yeah, yeah. What? I have Pro Football Focus blocked. This is a fun fact. Too. This is a fun fact about five star matchup. By the way, if if I see shit from stuff I just don't like constantly, I just I just block the outlet. Like I I don't even yeah. care. I <laughs> I don't even know. Like there's people I have that I just block because I'm just like I don't even want to. I, I have no interest in seeing that. Like I, I am not, it's not the worth way I see the way I see hot takes. the way I see some of the Steelers Twitter interacting with each other and quote tweeting guys like uh, that fucking Browns idiot. What's his name? Um, the Browns uh, like sir something guy. sir yacht, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, don't you understand that that is their that's their currency? Is yeah, he's trying to get clicks, retweets? man. You got yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why people retweet that stuff. It's that's the point. You're supposed that's to bait. retweet it and be pissed. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, why bait. I don't do a lot of the stuff. I have a couple rules that I have on Twitter, and one of them is anybody that has PFF in their name is blocked instantly. No exceptions. Yeah. Oh, they're awful. And the, what I don't like about it is that they put out the clickbaity stuff. A lot. Of, a lot of people in the sports media do this. Sadly, the um, Steelers Depot. Sadly, the Pittsburgh media, I mean, you guys know I live in New York City, city but <laughs> damn, dude, the Pittsburgh media is uh, it's, garbage. It's t- kind of toxic. There's sometimes. real, real up and down reporting in our media, and, and, and a lot of people it buy really, too much into and it, it. And what I don't like about it is it can be condescending. Like, there's there, you'll see like reporters who are like beat writers who will just talk down to people like they're idiots. And then sometimes the people end up being right. And and I mean we saw it this this week this weekend where you know people were saying, "Oh, well the TJ's still expected to start practicing in full on Monday or whatever." Yep. And then it's like you're wrong and then there's no accountability. All you did was get a shitload of clicks from people that were excited to see that 2 days yep. ago. 
exactly. That's that's a great example because that literally it's just played out. And what ESPN really, does. We, yeah, we gotta quit buying into that as much, and and especially like stuff trying to get people down. We can't give it as much attention as we do sometimes. I wish that I wish that was the case, man. I wish. Yeah, in in a perfect world, you know, it, it's gonna always be there. But at the end of the day, like you gotta try to be a little positive about the team and, and that's you know, what we're take that stuff with a grain of salt that's what we're trying to do here at five star matchup um right and i and i do want to i want to give you guys a little bit of a shout out on the air i appreciate you guys taking the leap to come and join the five star matchup team this season um you know to everybody that's hanging out now in the chat and everything uh it really just it means a lot to me um you know, both on the audience side and on the you guys side with participation. So, uh, big thank you to everyone trying to keep growing this thing and and make it turn into something that's positive and fun for for everybody. So, thank you guys. Yeah, I think that's what makes like what we're doing different, and so that we're trying to bring that positive aspect to it, and that's why we get along a lot too, and that's why we talk a lot. It's and that's hopefully what you guys like too. That's what. Yep. We like to do try to try to bring a little bit of positivity because like this is the Steelers are supposed to be a distraction from all the bullshit you got going on in your <laughs> day. Know. Okay, why are you get you want to really go on Twitter and read some assholes hot takes or something oh, like know, it's just going to make you sad, man. I know. Like, last let's, year, let's talk about the Steelers and have fun about it. Last year couldn't have proven that to me any more starkly after the year we went through in 2020. And I'm just watching it and I'm just like. And I, and People I are had trying a, to convince us not to enjoy I know, and an I had 11 this, and 0 start. Like, I had this moment at like 10 and 0 or whatever where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, I could very easily name you the 10 best days I've had this year. And they were all fucking days that the Steelers won a game. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be negative about that. I mean, you can you can not be confident that they're gonna win a Super Bowl or something, but damn, dude, like it's an entertainment product. Why do you wanna be mad about it? all the time <laughs> well I, I think some people they just that's their thing is like they get they get off on just being contrarian being everything has to be horrible and tomlin needs to be fired at all times and colbert needs to be fired at all times i mean you know and i'll <sighs> I'll, I'll use names specifically and i'll use a little more uh uh, a little different way to describe them steve my like these parasites like these people <laughs> like mark madden who just yeah these people like Mark Madden who just will never shut up and it's always negativity. Yeah. And it's because it hot shots for a one week rating. And it's the same thing. At, uh, I don't Steve, since you're a pro wrestling guy, Austin, I don't know if you are, but that's what WWE does. That's what WWE's done for the last like 15 years. They just, they find random shit, they throw it at the wall and they hope it sticks. And it's, mm-hmm. there's no consistent viewership. I mean, especially with people like Mark Madden that aren't just, you know, terrible people <laughs> but, yeah. but like yeah. where all you're doing is stirring outrage there's no longevity there and it just makes everybody's day worse and i like to think that we're not like that no i i i hope so because that is definitely why i started this thing and that is you know what keeps me you know putting my nose to the grindstone on this stuff uh <laughs> when i barely get paid for it because I really believe in it. I, I i don't this is to me not just like a channel like i really am genuinely trying to create a sort of i'm trying to create like a a vibe and a feel and and you know it's 
it's so gratifying to me when I come into these, we do these radio streams, which aren't even doing like our big numbers that we're going to be doing in September, October, November. Um, but even that there's been, you know, 35 to 40 people listening to us this whole time. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been peeping that stat too. And like, man, like, I know these people, like many of these people that are in these chat in this chat are yeah, people. I mean, these are the people we interact with all the time. Exactly. Really. And, like, it's exactly. cool to actually be able to get here and like talk in front of them. It's so, of, yeah. it's so gratifying, man. Like we have a, a feel and a vibe and man, it's just, I don't know. It's cool. The, if I can give anybody a piece of advice, it's just not football, but just real life. If you feel passionate about something, man, just, just do it. Just do it. We're all trying to get through this thing alive, and the real fact is none of us do. So there's yeah. an end to this thing. Just just do what you want to do because, hey, 35 people listen to you bullshit about the Steelers with your friends on the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, just enjoy your freaking life, man. Like Life's too yeah. short to go to work and be miserable and not enjoy your existence. Yeah, at least at least take the time that you have because you're obviously everyone has their responsibilities and stuff, and don't fill your free time with with stress and and bringing yourself down more. I mean, really try to bring the positives out of that time. Exactly. Try to dive into what you like. Exactly. Um, and now that we're gonna move off of being a uh, life coaching show, which you know that could be like a a secondary show. <laughs> a life when we, coach. When segment. we join when we join our podcast network, we'll get a, a life coach show. But um, yeah, I'm starting life. <laughs> but uh, I do uh, I do want to get briefly just to talk a little bit about the Steelers and Bills because I think it makes some good segments. But um, just before yeah. then, I'm just going to give in case there's some new people, uh, make sure you consider hitting that link down below, that link tree link and supporting the show on Patreon. That is the absolute best thing you can do uh, to uh, get us where we're trying to go Four or seven dollars a month. You get free shit in the mail. It's dope. You won't regret it. We're trying to get paid like Drew Brees up in this bitch. Exactly. Without the regrettable statements in relation oh, to... Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, Drew Brees is overrated and Ben Roethlisberger was and is a better player in every aspect. I'll take that I to agree. my grave. Uh, let's let's uh, talk briefly. If you guys aren't in a rush to get going, we still have people hanging out. Oh, um, I got time. I got all freaking night, man. I mean, as long as people are going to keep listening to us, let's just keep talking. I I do want to talk just a little bit about the The actual game. It is a game week, gentlemen. It's easy to forget because it is Labor Day and most of us didn't work or whatever today. Um, And it's a Monday. That feels like a Sunday, but it's actually a Monday. Um we play wait, till a game. wait till it's Thursday, man, and there's Oof. games going on. I'm you very, are going to be feeling it. I am very excited. I mean, that's the cool thing about starting the week on a Tuesday. I love, I'm a big proponent, by the way. Um, I'm such a good, a big proponent of the ensuing short week after the, after the long weekend, as opposed to the preceding short week. Like I prefer to take a Monday off than a Friday. I like, yeah. I like starting yeah. the week in the middle as opposed to. Yeah. It makes Sunday feel nice too. Oh, it's so good. You do it that way. Dude, I stayed up till midnight watching wrestling last night. I felt like I was eight. It was Same. awesome. <laughs> Same. It, nice. was, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the actual the actual game. What do you guys what's your confidence level? Um what concerns you about you know, what matchups are you looking forward to? What matchups are you a little nervous about? This goes to the chat too. Um yeah, why don't you guys? Whoever wants to go first, what do you what are you feeling? 
Yeah, I'd like to hear what the chat, as far as even a record prediction, if you want to put it in the chat, that'd be cool to see what you guys think or who are you looking forward to the most. Um, for me, I think, obviously, we we talked a lot about the offense in general and, and the new scheme, and, and really that's, that's my number one thing that I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's a yeah. very general thing, but that should be something that everyone's looking at because that's gonna that's gonna show what's yep. to come you know not just not just that game however that game ends up but in the future as well uh something that i am worried about would probably be i mean the obvious one would probably be the offensive line with the changes that are made this past Fair. week so so we'll see we'll see how that goes i mean that could go either way in my head and and i'm just hoping for the best i mean i want to see a and at least good performance out of them that'll give us a little bit of confidence going into the season. I mean, that's what we really want to see. We want to we want to see stuff that will give us hope down the line. Yeah, I think that's I, a good point. That it's sustainable. I I think that's a good point. I think uh, my good friend Zibs in the chat says I don't even know how to pronounce your name. I hope that's the right name. Uh, I, sometimes I I refer to her as X. I don't know her name exactly, but she's always interacting with me on Twitter, and she's the best. But she says uh, what matchup she's nervous about is the linebacker that's going to end up covering Stefan Diggs. And I think that that's such a – I hate that that's an accurate point, but it is an accurate yeah. point. Um, I I just – yeah, I, I thought they struggled with Stefan Diggs last year. I thought they had Cam Sutton on him a lot, and I remember him getting kind of cooked. So hopefully, hopefully they can hold up in the secondary. Someone else in the chat says – Josh Allen's a concern, and I gotta admit, well, man, not. I, I don't know, man. I I think Allen's a, I think he really transcended to being a great player last year. Oh no, 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 well, here I I completely agree. Josh Allen's like probably I don't think it's even probably uh, he's a top five, top he's, ten, maybe yeah. top five quarterback. He's, he's a, top five. He's so special. by the way, I got a I got a nice limited Josh Allen Wyoming card in one of my rookie boxes the other day. I was gonna give that out to somebody, but I kept that for myself. It's in the sleeve. So. <laughs> well, so there's a couple things that I think the Steelers really have going for them in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, they've gone, their defense has gone from more of a three, four to more of a nickel. I'm sure you guys have noticed that. And so that's one extra defensive back. That's one more guy that you can at least hope can cover a slot sure. receiver. Or in this case, Stefan Diggs or um, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you have that. So I, that's, one at least good trade. There's also the scheme, which I have to mention ad nauseum, I understand, but like the play action game is going to make a huge difference because you guys and everybody in the chat knows as well as I do, the Steelers have ranked what, like 32nd in play action for the last like five seasons. Pretty rough. So that's yeah. a huge, huge, and also it's been proven uh, analytically that a good run game is not needed to establish play action. So I think that's another thing that we have going for us, that our play action game can work with or without our O-line holding up. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, and I think the biggest, biggest thing about this game is the pass rush, which I think goes hand in hand with the secondary. But to me, if the pass rush can get home and make Josh Allen uncomfortable, I think we'll be all right. But it also because our defense, like Steve and I, Steve and I talked about this on the last stream that we did, our defense works best against mobile quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. so really if, does, we yeah. can, if we can collapse that pocket, I think we can win, but I am predicting us to lose because it's week one. 
Yeah, that's why you really hope to see TJ out there. I mean, yes. that's going to be key to see him out there. Well, that's... And that's we don't want him to be at this limited snap, but, I mean, we'll yeah. see where that goes. That's what I was saying about him earlier, though, is, like, at that point, you know, what happens if it's a three-point game? You know, we lose, like, a, a crusher of a game. What if? You're talking about Buffalo. Like, that's one of the teams that you're going to be jockeying for position with in December. I'm just saying, like, there's a possibility at the end of the year we're looking at, like, oh, man, like, if only TJ was ready and played, you know, and could rush the rush Josh Allen yeah. on that last drive. I I just hate facing that eventual, that possibility is all I'm saying. Do you guys think that they're going to have Joe Hayden shadow digs? No, I think they're going to stick with the way yeah, that they play. Yeah, Hayden defense. likes to stick with his side in general. So. Yeah, okay. I think I, just, gonna... I, I think that that's something they could do. I'm not saying Hayden can always cover Diggs. Diggs will get open every now and again. But I, again, I think good pass rush, and you have Hayden winning or at least keeping him in check most of the time. I think they can hold it off. Yeah, I think they could do all right. I mean, one thing about Buffalo, they have no run game to speak of, really. Zero. Besides, yeah. I mean, Allen runs it a little bit, but I mean, is their starter still uh, Devin Singletary? Oh, yeah, it is. So, yep. I mean, their their run game to me is not really a threat. So you can basically get by being a nickel. Um, but then that 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 leads to another interesting thing. If they're in a lot of nickel, you think we're seeing more Schobert or more Bush? I think Schobert. That's my inclination too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wow, that's kind of that's something. Is Schobert, that's interesting. It is. Is Schobert the is Schobert the best coverage linebacker in the game? He could be. He very well could be. Yeah. Uh, as far as experience goes, definitely. He's and... he's always been a great coverage linebacker. I mean, I I I'm gonna sound like I'm just saying this because he got traded here, but I remember like for years feeling like, oh man, Schobert's like such a good cover linebacker because he picked off Ben a, a shitload of times, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, at least two or three times. A couple, yeah. And that's kind of how I felt about Melvin Ingram. Like when I saw him enter the league, I think it was with the Chargers that took him or something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, man, like I just remember seeing his tape and going, he looks like a Steelers pass rusher. Yep. Yeah. It looks like exactly what they look for, and I mean, I'll be damned now that they now, now they have him. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's like the Steelers' way. You know, they they tar- they know who they like, and when those guys become available, they're going to go for him. You know, they they kind of that's make, what happened with, with them. They make relationships like with these players yeah. a lot of times. They're like, hey, we know we're not going to draft you, but just in case, yeah, you know, maybe pre, you don't. You know. That pre-draft thing is a big deal for them, and it's more than just a tendency at this point. You have to point it out. The um, the first round thing, like they they really have become enamored with high pedigree lately. How many guys have they signed in the last four or five years that are former first round picks? Oh, I mean, a couple. That I mean, defense shoot, has even an insane going, amount of. Yeah, I mean, they added Ingram's not even going to be a starter, and he's another first round pick. You know, Alu yep. Alu. Isn't Joe Hayden a first round pick? Yep. I think almost everybody on the defense, except for, except for Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton, yeah, and and uh, and Schobert and whoever. I mean, Highsmith, but I mean, shit. That I mean, everybody, pretty much everybody was either a first or second round pick. Which is crazy because Alu Alu is first round, Cam first round, Tuit second, uh, Schobert was later, but Bush was a Bush was a one, TJ was a one, Joe a one, Minka Terrell both ones. Yeah, that's insane. It's 
and like honestly i would prefer every steeler team to have that like i would if they told me that like if they had made a rule that's like no matter what we're gonna take a defensive player in the first round if that was their thing i'd be totally cool with it because i think we work best as a team with a with a sturdy defense oh it's definitely true um but i i think the big question for this defense for me is um slot well, yeah, that's a that's a problem. How are they going to counter that? Because you know, Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley is going to be working, right? Uh, yeah. He'll be he'll too he'll be too busy getting COVID. Oh, not going <laughs> to touch that one. We're going to get pulled down by the YouTube uh, the YouTube moderators. But the oh. no, I'm I don't I don't care. I'm just joking. But the I know. the um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's a problem. But the problem for me is when is this defense going to have its moment? You know, since 2019, since the duck year, the Mason duck year, we, uh, somebody mentioned Carl Joseph, by the way, another first round pick shit. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I love oh, that yeah, signing, Carl by Joe, the way, I, I know. Yeah. I love that they grabbed him. That's cause they yeah, needed another safety. You can't go in. If Minka ever had to miss a game or two, you're starting trade Norwood. I'm sorry. Yeah. You might feel good about that. Like for the future, but this year, no, you, you need a, <laughs> yeah, they, they were like, <laughs> They seriously were like, you know, yeah, we have Terrell Edmonds and uh, we had Sean Davis for a bit and we had Trey Norwood. And they were like, yeah, this is enough. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, oh, they got Emmanuel Sanders over on Buffalo, too. Uh, Zibs oh, pointed yeah. out. I didn't know that. Emmanuel's good, but goddamn, is he old? He is old. He was on yeah. that 2010. How old is he now? Yeah. Oh, I can't say. I can't say why I know because it'll give away our midweek content, but. He was on a game that I was watching today and working on. Hey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so secretive. Hey, you know, you gotta, I like to surprise the people, man. Like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna (laughs) expose. And plus, you never know, man. This, this content game is Game of Thrones, bro. Somebody finds out I have some game that I'm working on and they'll put out a highlight package the day before with a bunch of arrows in the thumbnail and a clickbait title. Huh? No one. I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just saying you never, you never know. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like we had someone who you know basically directly ripped off our painted black piece or anything. Oh my god, that was coming to fight. That was crazy. No, we did have a dude. We did have a guy. No, we did. Okay, so we were just kind of just there. I was just kind of talking shit the way I generally do. But if you want some tea, we did have a guy who actually completely ripped off a promo package we did last year for the second Ravens really? game, I think. Was it, Gage? Yeah, it, was the, it was the first one, I think. Or whatever it was, we did a, a piece with this cool cover of, like, Paint It Black, and I had, like... You gotta tell me who that is after. Gage <laughs> did a whole... He did a whole package, and then I just did, like, a clever little intro on it. And yeah, here, I'll send it to you, dude. Yeah, it's it. still up there on, the, on the, the channel somewhere. And somebody got it like some some kid like did the same okay, here, 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 almost here. the exact so, same thing and it, was, it, it got posted it used... by like barstool yinzers or something and i was like bro oh, this yes. is oh, wow. literally the same like don't tell me you thought of the same thing this is literally mm-hmm. the same thing and how are you gonna do that when you know i mean i'm not bragging about five-star matchup but like we get some view like you can't just act like we don't exist like yeah well it would here here it was a case where let me see if <laughs> Let me ask you if this sounds like plagiarism. So it was our pay, our piece was a TJ Watt piece. Their piece was a TJ Watt piece. Ours, mm-hmm. I think ours mentioned defensive player of the year, and I believe theirs did too. 
So if you keep it the score here, that's two. They yeah. used the same exact song we did. <laughs> they did. So that's three. And it was the whole they theme. Used, I, think I like, remember this. It like, was the whole marketing of the the whole marketing of the piece too. Like I did like paint it black in the thumbnail, yeah. and that was like the whole like, and and also like the TV like. Okay. The TV. I know the it's TV. not the. I, I know. About that. I know it's not the most original thing in the world. But don't tell me I haven't been doing the analog TV aesthetic for three years because I. That's my style. Like we've been doing that. Like that was how I started this channel. So like, don't yeah. don't. It's too many too many things to be and just something that happened. We uploaded ours on December seventeenth. They uploaded theirs like December twenty fourth. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah. So they had plenty of time. I was. It was so was obvious. I was heated yeah, on that one. That's that's a pain in the butt. Um, but you know, like I like being on the right side, so it's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. Our piece is way better than theirs, anyway. Um. Yeah, let the product talk. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because we got the real fans. We got the people that keep coming back. I don't care if you beat me on one video. You're not going to beat me over the season. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I I don't know. Confidence. We were talking about just the bills a little bit and the confidence level. I I think if I had to bet my house on it, I think it's probably more likely that we come out with an L week one. But as yeah. the closer we're getting to it, maybe I'm just being a fan and I can't help myself. But I just I I think it's gonna be at least a conversation. I think they're in it, and I think I wouldn't at this point really be shocked if they won, only yeah, because I mean, yeah, same. only because you don't know what the offense is gonna look like. We, there's a lot of a lot of mystery. You can go and look at what Canada <laughs> did in other places, but you don't know that that's what they're gonna do with Roethlisberger and Najee and. Um, I feel pretty safe yeah. because it's not like it's it's not like oh well he just did this at LSU like he's done this at Mi- what was it Michigan or Maryland one of those two he, Maryland, he did this yeah. at Pitt he did this at Pitt he's done the, he's done it throughout his career it's the same exact scheme that that the pretty much verbatim that uh, that the Rams used and we mm-hmm. saw like when Sean McVay added all that motion to to the Rams last year even though Jared Goff is a pretty not great quarterback. I mean, they, they averaged more rushing yards than the, than the Ravens. And that was with an O-line that had receded. And it was also without Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So, man, I think our run game is going to be good. I really do. I think that the scheme itself can kind of hide some of the flaws on that O-line. I think Uh, it won't be a complete bandaid. Don't get me wrong, but. Okay. Let me ask you this question. Do you think, What's more, what's a greater number, Najee carries or Roethlisberger throws? Najee carries. Yeah, really? absolutely. I think they're going to leave. That, be, that would be early. a real paradigm and, shift, don't you And you, you know why? You know why? I think, especially because, like, I think that's been our weakness in years past yeah. whenever it comes to season openers is that we, we start extremely slow. Yes. And, yeah. and I think they're going to look at Najee to, to start us off on that on that page and, and i mean the preseason game that they played in was promising i mean that made me feel like good about them coming out a little bit stronger at least and i hope that that's like how they come out in this game but like i don't know how the bills tend to start you know i don't pay that close of attention to the bills but they are a very established team at the end of the day and and i wouldn't be surprised if we did lose but i'm hoping for a good game and i think it will be a good game either way if if the Steelers are passing more than they're running, something has gone wrong. 
Or maybe... I, I don't maybe, think well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because, like, if you told me Ben threw it 30 times and Najee got 22 carries, like, that to me oh, wouldn't okay. be, like, crazy yeah. unbalanced. Yeah. I'm saying, but if Najee has more carries than Ben has throws, then the Steelers won the game. Yeah. yeah it's don't you think? Where, I mean... I think it's a more... I think ball. it's... Yeah. You have to control the ball. And, like, that's something that, that the Canada, like, run-heavy kind of Sean McVay-type offense is really good at is that they're... It's either a split zone run or a play action Yankee concept. And Yankee like is a good clear out. You're able to throw it to the flat, and then there's a crosser behind the linebackers. Like there it works really well for newer quarterbacks. So I feel like it'll work even better for a 17-year veteran. Yeah. I I mean, well, that's true. You're because you're narrowing down the decisions that you have to make. That's the whole exactly. key about those offenses. And that's Exactly what you were saying earlier is the opposite of what we did was we made it really difficult on Ben, which, you know, he can process at a high level because he's been doing this a long time, but you don't want to force him to, if you can, if you can make some of the decisions easier for him in real time. I mean, shit, Ben still had probably his best, was that his best or probably his second best touchdown to interception ratio last year? Um, I mean, and pretty close. He was like, I mean, it's, it's. He always throws some picks. He's never gonna have times. a. He's never gonna have like a Aaron Rodgers year with f- three interceptions or something. I mean, he's just not. That's just who he is. You can't expect him to change at this point, I, you know. But I literally. Is, yeah, I mean, I'm it's sorry. pretty much ten. Ten picks is, uh, the only years he had with less than ten picks were, oh five, which, he only played twelve games. Um, fourteen, which he was just on fire all year. Uh, 12, um, but again, he missed four, he missed three games that year, 10, he missed four games because of the suspension. And then in 19, so pretty much almost every year he's actually played a full year. He's had more interceptions than he did last year. So that's not bad. Ben's a gunslinger, so there's there's never, he's a Brett Favre type. He's not nearly as reckless as Favre was, but like he has that same kind of style. He can be, but I mean, come on, Brett Favre. Favre is the definition. I'll of still, reckless. yeah, but I'll still take him to task for a couple of plays here and there, like that Tennessee end of the half. You remember when they got a lucky possession, yeah, just, and lucky extra possession, and he just fucking chucked it in the end yeah. zone and got picked, yes. and they were yes. an easy, yeah, three, they were an easy field goal range, and you're like, dude, like that game never got to be a game if they got that three points there. I, he he can be reckless sometimes. I thought he was mostly restrained last year, but he, I think he. He's always capable yeah. of doing something where you're like, what the fuck, Ben? <laughs> That's true. But like, really, people tend to forget that if it wasn't for like, I did like a little tally a while ago, like just looking back at old footage of the past season. If you took all of the interceptions that Ben threw at the very end of the half where he's just trying to make a play before halftime, his T to E ratio, or his, excuse me, his T to interception ratio would have been like, 33 to four or something like <laughs> it actually would have been like a really really clean stat line if it wasn't for those shitty end of the half interceptions um uh-huh. yeah no i mean you're talking about just last year yeah yeah no i mean i, I still i mean to me you know guy we're getting a little blown out of the water with with some of the aaron Rodgers and mahomes stats lately i mean <laughs> I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm if you told me going into the season 33 and 10, I'm signing up for that every single year. Yeah, um, sure. 
I'm okay with that from Roethlisberger. I think that's a more than acceptable year. Um, I it's just is he going to be good in December? That's the real. And something else, something else that I that I think touchdown to interception ratio doesn't really always tell the story. You guys are going to see this. Uh, anybody watching this, you're going to see this in the upcoming weeks. It's a piece about a specific team in a specific year where I mentioned that it was one of the most efficient seasons of his career. And I think his total touchdown interception ratio that year was like 21 to 16, but like on a per throw basis, um, his accuracy was at an all time high. His career sacks were at an all time low. Uh, His deep accuracy was at an all time high, like literally by every metric, except touchdown to interception, he had a monster year. So I don't think it, it tells the story the whole time. Yeah, you never know. It's uh, it, it's not it's not the be all end all. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I I hope they I hope they win in in Buffalo. Um, it would be a lot better uh to start one and zero than it would be to start zero and one. But I think I, I think you're gonna see the Steelers. I I've been saying it since uh springtime, which when the schedule came out and it sounds like a little bit of negativity from five-star matchup because normally, like we said, we like to stay in the positive, but I think you're going to see the Steelers start like three and two. I just think, yeah, I just yeah, think it's, and, and I it's don't just, think that's anything. Exactly. To us. Yeah, exactly. I, I just think they're, they're not usually a hot start team. Last year was a bit of an aberration and I was never really comfortable with it because usually that team that's nine and oh, 10 and oh, they're peaking at the wrong time is the problem i mean we peak at the wrong time exactly and 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 that's a big part of it and we'll see what they can do hopefully they peak at the right time yeah no hopefully hopefully it's a hopefully it's a positive year we got some we got some chat going on in the the let's let's look at some chat the tj watt discourse by the way is still just that's the only thing anybody wants to talk about clearly um I've been tj sub- is not getting traded no i don't he, know if anybody here but i saw that on twitter a few times and that's like a weird take yeah you're not you're not trading him um you know because i missed that last part what'd you guys say just that uh we're just transitioning to back to tj because it's the only thing people uh, are talking about in the chat and uh no you're right there's not trading him because they still control him for if they want at least two more years because they have him this year and they have the franchise in their pocket for the following year yeah and i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna hold out or anything like that i don't think it's gonna come down to that i don't either that would wouldn't that be interesting that would be a real change of what I thought if that occurs. But wouldn't that be interesting though? What happens if he doesn't sign and he doesn't play this weekend? Could you what what if the Steelers is gonna be what if hell. they what if they sign the deal though, like after the first game? What if they broke the mold? I could see if anybody, that happening if, if, anybody if it's gonna, gonna happen. If anybody was gonna push him to do it, don't you think it'd be TJ Watt? Yeah. I cannot yeah, yeah. I cannot under any circumstance see them letting him go. I can't. I can't. I can't either. He's a pass rusher. He, you know, Rob. It's not a matter of there's not different being about, able to afford him. There's we can't different, afford him. There's a difference with outside linebacker pass rushers in the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know what I mean? Like you get the they drafted this guy. He's the best one. I just can't see themselves living with themselves if they let him get away. I can't see it. It's it's like it's like with Minka. Like if they don't sign Minka to like a four or five year deal or something like that, they have lost their freaking minds. 
I would have gotten them both the same exact way. But I would have gotten them both done this year, and I think that's one yes. knock on their their like we said earlier dinosaur mentality. You had the it money. Is, yeah. Take care of fucking both of them. Who cares if Minka doesn't need to be signed till next year? Get it done. The price is only going to go up, and the guy, you're never who he could have a. That's what I never understood, even with the Le'Veon thing. Like, why his agent was so hardline with the guaranteed money. If Le'Veon came back in 2018 and had a season-ending injury, did you think they were going to cut him before 2019? Come on, they're they're mm. they're they're still going to be like, well, he's the best running back in the league, and we signed him. Same thing with Minka. He could tear an Achilles. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Never going to tear get... it three times, and they're not going to cut. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But that's my point, though. From the franchise's point of view, like, just give them the goddamn guaranteed money. You're never going to cut TJ Watt. What the hell is the difference? Yeah. Well, like that's kind of how I felt uh, initially about the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Now I understand that there were different issues, and like Bill O'Brien is a Bill O'Brien is a garbage head coach. So I maybe think he thought maybe he that. thought Watson was a piece of shit too. We don't know. Uh, may, yeah. maybe, we don't know. Maybe. I, but the thing about De- the DeAndre Hopkins thing is he just wanted some guaranteed money. He's like, no, we're not giving you any. And it's like, well, on one hand, I understand because maybe that, that inflicts on their cap and maybe their plans to sign other people. But at the same time, like DeAndre Hopkins, man, you're not getting cut. Also, like, that I roster's dog, you. also that roster's dog shit. Well, it is now. It yeah. was then too. <laughs> but th- that's the thing about less. So that's the thing. Like we talk about these like pro agent pro team stances both all those arguments that you and me both said can go both ways like give the players guaranteed money i agree why do you need an out they're risking their life and limb they're the ones that are special yeah. not you you just have a bunch of money i i no, don't really, know if, guarantee if the any- guarantee the contract the nfl uh, i i heard barkley was it charles barkley somebody was talking about or no it was tom brady because of course tom brady is like a genius now and he was talking about how shitty the NFL players union is, and I agree with him. Oh yeah, I saw that. They use they use that. bargaining chips like testing for weed and all this stuff to get them to like to agree to agree to collective bargaining agreements that aren't even in their favor. And they're they're just so the the unions are so bad to the players, and mm-hmm. you hate to see it. I, I just I hate it. They continually take these like short term gains for you know long-term failure it sucks sucks i don't know yeah i think we get really caught into all the business of it and it drags you down because it's a lot of the business side is not something that everyone wants to listen to but we have to sadly but they definitely these guys deserve the money that they deserve i mean dj priced himself at that point for a reason there's a reason that this conversation is being had and and i don't think you can doubt his ability as a player i mean he is who he is and oh, there's, he yeah, deserves there's no that money. It's just a matter of, like you said, the Steelers have an old way of thinking like things and they don't like to do that. But if there's somebody who's going to change that, it's going to be him. At what point so, does it become unforgivable though? If I still, I, I just hate even acting I, like, like I'm one of the, like I'm not even trying to be a clickbait artist or anything because I still don't think it's, I still can't see it happening. But if they don't sign TJ Watt, it I would have to say is probably the biggest personnel related failure 
uh, I don't even know that yeah, I can like, remember. I I mean, yeah. I can't think of anything that even really comes close. There's been guys I've been mad that left and went other places, but you they know, usually there's some, out. usually there's some shared blame yeah. or they're not it, great, but TJ Watt, they've never let a guy who was arguably the best at their position go in their prime. I mean, shit, they signed a B twice. Look, when it comes yeah. to TJ Watt, if they do not sign him, it will be the biggest personnel-related failure in Steelers history. Like, people want to talk about... No, I think you're oh, right. I agree let, with that completely. Oh, we let Johnny Unitas go, and it's like, yeah, back when they used to pick bums off the streets to play a game, sure. Yeah. But like It was a different time. Watt, that's when, you're, yeah. that's when you're, your running back was a house painter in the off-season. Yeah, it's yeah. Different, exactly. it's We're not talking about world. millions of dollars here. And like, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just it, it would be the single biggest failure of the Mike Tomlin era. It would be the single biggest failure in the Steelers history. And so for that reason, they have no choice. They have to get it done. And if they don't, they need to fire everyone, period. Yeah, there's going to be a, an insane amount of criticism if they don't get it done. And it's going to be very frustrating to have to listen to at that point. Because, like, oh, I mean, pretty much toxic. everyone's in the same point about this and in it needs the, to be done. The toxic reporting that'll transpire if and when that oh, happens. Man. Do you remember how toxic? It'll be deserved. Do you remember how toxic sports radio and everything is? Like, I everybody knows I'm not yeah. from the actual Berg, but usually during the season, like I work from home. I'm a video editor by trade, so I'm usually sitting at my computer, fucking twenty four hours a day. But um, <laughs> I put on like the I, I stream sometimes ninety three seven the fan and in, in the Pittsburgh and. The only guy on there I like, I, I like, I like Ron Cook and Joe Starkey. I, mostly just Starkey, but um, you, I remember the the younger dudes, Filipponi and 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 Muller, and you know, I remember going back to like 2018. Was that that was the year that Le'Veon stayed out, right? 17 he played, and 18 was the holdout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I so. just remember how every week it was just some new, just like absolutely toxic thing of like Le'Veon's gonna show up, and then it's like they're clowning him in the locker room and all this stuff. And it, I mean, you know, when he started playing basketball, that's when it pissed me off. Yeah. And there was just all this stuff every week where you're like, what, what is going on with the Steelers? Like they're the best show in, in entertainment. It was like, it was like a reality TV show there for a couple of years. People want to say like Juju's a distraction and stuff. That is like a real distraction. People have the shortest fucking memory, dude. I, I mean, yeah. Back in like that 17, 18, 16, 17, 18 era, the Killer Bees era, like the Kardashians. Oh my God, dude. It was something every single week. And, yeah. you know, now, I mean, last year, what? I mean, we're not getting as much exposure to the players because of COVID, but it's not. How dare Juju dance on those logos? anything but that Dude, the juju, you know what it felt like the juju discourse is problematic i i don't want to get into my issues with it specifically because i'll yeah. i might say some things that get taken out of context but it's problematic it's problematic dude it's and there's and there's a component okay. that's socially an issue and i hate yeah. it and we can say that. i saw somebody on my comments called him a thug the other day and i was like Dude, wow. I was like, dude, you don't even realize that wow. what you're saying. Like, that's, thug. you know, I was talking to my girlfriend, my thug. fiance about this. Like, that's a that fucking word I'd use problematic to way to describe him. Like, 
Absolutely. And yes. and we all know what the implication I'm getting at here is. It's just like, yes. it's scary, dude. And it sucks. And I hate it. The dude puts his head down, has been a great stealer since day one. I'm not going to get on my Juju soapbox, but like, if you got a problem with Juju, seriously, uh, you don't have to, I, I'm not going to interact with you because I just, it's wrong. The dude's been a great stealer and who gives Looking a shit? Looking at you, Matt from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You know what it feels like? It feels like, uh, Media has loved shitting on the Steelers from from all the Bell stuff and the AB stuff, and they're just looking for the next person to shit on. And then people get too absorbed because, like, exactly, I mean, a lot of casual people are just watching these national media broadcasts. Well, that, and <laughs> that was a revelation my, to me when I started doing this. Was that I was like, who the fuck watches like Stephen A. Smith anyway? Like, a I, lot of people. Uh, I, mean, I know why though. Like, what? Like, there's you can get whatever outlet you can listen to us. It would you can drive listen me to around insane. the four one two. You could watch, you know, whatever the hell you want. Like, uh, you know, but why are you watching these national outlets that? Are just clearly flip their views every dang two episodes. Yeah. So it's, like, people, it, it's so obvious. I tell I mean, people this all the time, but it's like, you know, you're you're not you're just they're they're not gonna they you ever notice they don't say bodacious shit about the Tennessee Titans because nobody gives a fucking shit about yeah. the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no matter how yeah, good they, they are, don't. there's they a reason yeah. that the national shows just talk about the Cowboys and the and the the Steelers and, and you know, the Bucks now, they don't never talk about the Patriots anymore, even really, because they don't matter because they don't have Brady. Like they don't talk about teams that no one cares about. You know, the national media doesn't talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Well, the national media, like I remember that I had a great time when we were, when we started out and I remember everybody saying like a bunch of media outlets in particular were going that we were going to lose to the Browns in like week six or something, and then we beat them 38 to seven. And then they said, oh yeah, the the Steelers had a really good game. They're looking like the favorites in the AFC. They're doing a great job. I really like the Steelers. And we were just like, get bent. Like you were just talking yeah, shit yeah. about Ben like three weeks ago. I mean, it's you just, can see it even as yeah. recently as this preseason. I mean, <laughs> whenever Ben came in and had a good performance, you saw the narrative <laughs> change with it. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh my God, like, I know. Come on. I don't even want to hear you say that at this point. And and like you can like those people and and watch them if you want. I'm not going to judge you, but like at the end of the day, they're they are switching their opinions based on whatever it is mm-hmm. going to get the most clicks. So you got to keep that in mind when you're listening to it. Like don't use that as your only source of information. And yeah. speaking of opinions that are just garbage, anytime that I see someone that has their top quarterback rankings and they put Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. The disrespect. It's just for disrespect. The dis- the I mean, disrespect. it's just not true. Yeah. It's, it's not true. It's, it's, it's you, then suddenly we've been, I've been carved into a niche now where suddenly I'm a homer because I'm trying to say that Roethlisberger is still a good quarterback. And I'm like, Dude, he played 15 games last year off a fucking torn elbow, and he threw 33 and 10. Like, what? And he what threw are we like supposed 600 to? 600 times that. What game, are we supposed to? What are we supposed to expect from quarterbacks? And then it just becomes the 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 summarized narrative. Um, like my guy Kratos in the chat, who by the way has been hanging out the whole time. I think he's a he's a real five star fan. Um, he's always in everything, but people just yeah. go by what the media says. 
and that's true. Like they 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 get these narratives of oh well Claypool was running wide open all day because Mina Kimes is like oh Roethlisberger can't throw the ball deep anymore, and then suddenly yeah. like people that wanna the wanna they want the Steelers to be in the coffin. And they and they just are like, well, Ben can't throw anymore. Meanwhile, if you look at the stat sheet, you'd be hard pressed to make a case that Ben Roethlisberger wasn't the best quarterback in the AFC North last year. He I won. mean, I mean, that's not even he ridiculous won. to say. Like he had the best stats and won the most games. What is he supposed to do? I cannot. <laughs> like, how, this how are enough. you supposed to be I... better if you like? I, it's just I think it's ridiculous. I, I he's one of the most disrespected all-time greats in any sport ever and i scream this on every fucking episode of this show and i'm sorry i'll let you talk now but i just i get fired up it's ridiculous well he like this thing i always have to make this clear like because people never seem to put this into context ben roethlisberger had the worst offensive line the worst run game the worst offensive coordinator the worst offensive scheme his receivers had more drops than anyone in the league and he still led the afc north yeah. yeah. Literally, all season. What more can he do? <laughs> Literally, all season. There was not a like. Okay, come on. I know. It's, it's I know. Not fair. I know. It's it's just it's a hundred percent narrative. I mean, Baker on his best day to me is not gonna be that level of a quarterback. I think he's just, you know, he's a. I think I give I give Baker more credit than probably most in our fan base, and I think he's. I think he's an adequate quarterback. I think you can do enough to win with him. I think he's Lamar Jackson, a, a, as I've said, is a special runner. You know, I don't know. I don't think he's a passer, but I think he's special enough as a dynamic player that he can be successful. So I'm not yeah. shitting on either guys, either of those guys. And I think Burrow could be really good too, but I have no faith in the Bengals to build around him. Yeah. But man, yeah, I mean, our division. Can we just say talented? Can but... we just say all of the quarterbacks are good? Like, why do Apparently we have not. to? I mean, why yeah. do we have to say that, that narrative is stripped shit? down? That narrative I, of Ben has dripped down for so long. I mean, it, it's always been popular to make fun of Ben and and yeah. say that he's going to fall off any day now. It's it's just what happens. And to this point, it, he hasn't showed that. I mean, I don't know how you keep saying it. Yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy like is the gonna, definition of insanity. The guy is gonna the guy is gonna eventually retire in the top five or six in pretty much every passing statistic what mm-hmm. and he won two super bowls do you know how many quarterbacks have won multiple super bowls i mean not a lot <laughs> you know everybody thinks about brady and montana okay those guys have won like a fifth of all the total fucking super bowls that have ever happened so there, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that have ever played the game that have had one had one even one Super Bowl, let alone two, and gone to three. Uh, yeah, it's insane that people try to use that and turn it into a negative by saying like, "Oh, that was in the past" and stuff. It's like, especially like, like people who are like Browns media and stuff. It's like you guys don't have that past, so how do we expect you to like? yeah uh, like cherish any past we're supposed to we're supposed to keep it as a knock because he went 32 and 3 against the browns or whatever the hell his record is in the last 15 years like he's absolutely owned them oh suddenly because because the browns were bad then it's not a comp an accomplishment like 
You know, nobody says that about Brady beating the ever living shit out of uh, Buffalo or whoever. No, he struggles with Buffalo, right? Doesn't he usually? Or no, he struggles with Miami. Buffalo, he always beats, but whatever it is, like. I don't know, man. Just so many yeah buts with Ben as a player. I just think it's ridiculous. Well, that's how people perceive him. And you know exactly the reasons for. We sell positivity here, so we don't need to go there right now. But, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate because I think that if he was perceived differently as a person, I think people might – I think people would call him a top ten of all time. Uh, It definitely would be completely different. Yeah, I mean – Like we said, that that stripped down through the years. I mean, that's been – the case for I mean, by time. by any metric even if you want to even if you want to like lower what he's done to me he's one of <laughs> i i mean worst case there's no way you say he's not within one of the 15 most accomplished quarterbacks to ever play this game yeah i mean, I mean really it has to be just from what he's done i mean the he's guys, also one of he's only seven two decades at a high he's, level. He's one of only seven quarterbacks, I think, to throw for five thousand yards. He's the only QB to throw for uh, five hundred yards in what is it four games now? I think. I think it's more than that. I think yeah. it's, it's no. I think it's four. Oh well, whatever it is. I mean, he's done I it a it bunch was of five, times. but it might be four. Yeah. yeah. No, it, I like. I just, if he is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, that is a slap in the face. I was talking opinion. to that guy. Uh, that would be the biggest slap in the face that I could think of. I was. I think it was uh, my my friend Steel Flyers I talked to on Tuesdays, and he, I think he was the one who he felt pretty strongly that he thinks they make Ben wait a year. And I hate to say it, but I probably agree in the sort of, you know, this gets into a little less football and a little bit more like social, but. Maybe in this sort of post-me-too-ish kind of era, I wonder if writers would be hesitant to say, yes, this is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think they, I think, and it's wrong if you're just going off the player on the field, but I think they will make Ben wait a year, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I guess you're right. Which is, you know, again, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's however you want to interpret that. But I, I think there is a possibility they make him wait a year, which would be pretty... Pretty nuts considering what he did on the field, but that's just how it goes. Yeah, and like I don't know. I think that I think it boils down to like it, you know how in the WWE Hall of Fame, Mike Tyson and Jimmy Snuka are both in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> yeah. but Chris Benoit isn't. You know what I mean? It's just it's how those people are perceived. Well, that's true, and also I mean the WWE. No one actually votes on the WWE Hall of Fame. They're just you know. WWE is a trash can. You so. know, can I can I, I, can, I, was... can I can I give one uh one good inside story about when I worked at WWE Please. for all the people that have been here for <laughs> two hours watching us talk. By the way, great performance today, guys. Like Our, it, we're going as strongly now as we were when we got when we first started. Yeah, yeah no, thanks I, thanks to everyone for sticking around. I really love this. Yeah. Like literally, if we get to a point where like. 40 to like 70 people are hanging out in here like to me literally perfect like i don't want 500 people then it gets crazy this is good because we can have a good good dialogue and feel like everybody's a part of everything um but make sure you guys like the stream if you are if you haven't yet oh there you go yeah you think that we should pimp out our own our own social media since we have a little bit of time now 
Uh, sure. Yeah, go for it. You guys. I mean, everybody knows me because I am the yeah. five-star you are matchup, you. of course. But go ahead, Gage and uh, and Austin. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Gage Ryan Video, and uh, you can find me on the on the uh, five-star matchup Discord at Gage Ryan Video. You can pretty much find me everywhere at Gage Ryan Video. I have the same avatar for everything. So. Yeah, and uh, me, I'm I'm Steelers Take on Twitter. That's my mainstay. That's where I mostly am. Um, <clears throat> you can also find me here. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And make sure you follow the old five-star matchup on every platform. Click that Linktree link below if you can. All right, Seriously. so now I got to... If I gotta you bring can, up a hit that Patreon because that four to seven dollars a month. I hate being Mister like PBS and bringing it up all the time, but it's not a lot, man. If you can do five bucks a month, like literally, it helps us do so much more and bring you guys so much more stuff. So please do consider it if you feel like it. Gage, go ahead. My apologies. It's okay. I, I didn't... Yeah, I thought we were transitioning right there. So okay. I, I'd love to give you a controversial topic to get the chat involved. Mason okay. Rudolph. Oh my god. <laughs> so oh, I no. want I want to I'm gonna stick my I'm gonna stick uh what is it my my flag in this and say okay. Mason Rudolph is a good backup quarterback and under the right circumstances could be a productive starting quarterback. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you and Austin talk about that for one second. I just gotta run to do something real quick, but you guys talk about this. I will join momentarily okay. because I'm gonna get cool. myself I'm gonna get myself like uh, people are gonna start quote tweeting me with Mason Rudolph support, and I'm gonna get like banned <laughs> by the fan base. So I'll be back in like uh, one minute. You guys go on with that. All right, so Austin, I want to hear your opinion, then I'm gonna give you my reasons. Cool. Yeah. So um, I'm similar to Steve's opinion as well. I mean, I'm. I'm definitely not one of these people who are super anti uh, Mason. I, I don't think he's deserving of the criticism that he's gotten in the past. And and I agree. I, I think he's definitely suited to be the number two guy here this season, especially. And I, and I see him as possibly a good transition quarterback. I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the final answer, but I think that he can work in a system. And I think that he okay. has the ability. Okay, cool. Yeah, That's I mean, I don't, I don't think I disagree with anything that you said. Yeah, I, I would agree with pretty much everything that I think Mason Rudolph, like that, he has some good upside. I think that a big, a big factor in why I think a lot of this is I, I said on Twitter prior to the Browns game at the end of the season last year, not the uh, not the playoff game, the Week Seventeen game, was that mm -hmm. he went up against, uh, I would say, was it 9 or 10 out of the 11 starters on the Browns defense? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, they were playing a lot of starters. I mean, that game mattered to them, and and I think he played super well in it, and, and I liked his deep ball especially. Well, he outplayed Baker Mayfield, and again, I, I cannot mm -hmm. stress this enough. With the worst O-line, the worst run game, the worst, you get the idea. Like, and yeah. he outplayed Baker Mayfield and, and uh, Kevin oh, Stefanski. Oh, Mason played an absolutely like great game in week 17 against the Browns. Yeah. You know, in the chat, they mentioned um, needing more pocket awareness. I think he had much better pocket awareness last game. We saw him. Yeah. Than, I thought that showed he did a lot previously of promise. That showed in the a whole lot of, of not 2019. Exactly. I agree. His footwork also it showed improvement in my opinion. 
He can't, he can't, the one thing everybody focuses on though that they are right about is he really can't move that well. He, he can't no. throw on the run. No, he's, he's a, not. He's a statue. And, but the thing is. And that's is, okay though. That's I okay. Legit, I legitimately think he throws a good enough deep ball. Yeah. That he could actually be like effective if he knew what he was doing and he went into the season as a quarterback and he had a good offensive coordinator. Yeah, like I, I said, I think he fits into a scheme. I think he can, if he has the right people around him and the right coach, I think he can be successful. I watched him. Awesome. At, I watched awesome. him at Oklahoma State, and I'm not even like a diehard college football guy. But before, way before we ever thought I would be drafting him or something, I remember being like, "Wow, that Mason Rudolph kid is like a good quarterback." And I and I usually hate Big Twelve quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in college. I thought I, I feel like most people, at least during while they were playing, thought that Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph were kind of similar. Baker just like ascended at the end of his last year, and then I think he won a Heisman. But you know, they were more or less the same kind of caliber player in college. I thought. I well, know. I think a lot of the hate for Mason Rudolph, like about his performance, we'll say, uh, stems from that one Browns game where he threw four picks. And yeah, I yeah, also feel like. Fair, that's fair, but I also feel like people don't remember that his number one receiver after Juju and Deontay got knocked out in that game was Johnny Holton. Yeah, he was throwing <laughs> yeah. to like Johnny Holton and Tevin yeah. Tevin Jones. I remember even on yeah, Five that Star. Was, that was rough. I remember on Five Star, I put like I said something like he throws one to a man named Tevin Jones, just trying to make <laughs> like the joke of like I don't even know who, who the fuck he, this yeah. guy is. <laughs> Uh, no, he was everybody. He was like that was an unwinnable game, and he got clowned. And sadly, the the Garrett thing. But that shows you sometimes. I mean, just like Ben, people go off of their the way they perceive something, and him getting kind of you know punked out on national TV, whether it was his yep. fault or not. I just don't think people were able to look past that yeah people People like to judge for off-field reasons as well i mean it's it's our right to say that you see improvement in him you know even if you don't like what he does off the field like you gotta go into the game with a different mindset than that you know i mean statistically statistically he was he's the best backup quarterback like he was better than charlie he was better than bruce he was better than Dobbs and Haskins. Oh, I know. I, mean, I, I had to do that on the Lazy Sports po- Podcast. They were like, who are the best Steelers backup quarterbacks in uh, the last decade? And I knew my guy, Cruz Sealski, by the way, shout out, follow him. Um, yeah. And subscribe to his podcast uh, that I was on. Mm-hmm. But the he was like, they were, and I knew because he hates Mason Rudolph. And I yeah, was like, I I'm, I'm like, I'm like, all right, so it's Charlie, then Landry. And I was like, Mm, and you're gonna hate me but it's mason like i mean he is you know he's a mason is better than charlie in literally every category absolutely and people loved charlie and they want to gloss over that yeah and i do too i mean he's a local man you gotta love that he's a legend he did he does have uh that mysteriously reappearing hair that came out of nowhere but (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna take him to task if i was a rich man i might take care of that myself honestly Uh, that'd be one of the first things i'd do if i was rich 
Yeah. You know what I find funny is that some <laughs> people in the chat are saying, oh, Rudolph sucks because he's a statue in the pocket. And yet I guarantee you, if you ask them, they would say that Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think yeah, it's it's the punchability factor. Somebody brought that up. That's to true. Me. Yeah, yeah, I that's see a lot true. of people talking on Twitter, and that people, seems to be the common. People Look, just yes, wanna... he looks like Tom Brady, but he's not a bad quarterback. I think if we were not. I think if we weren't talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's a different story. I, that's all. Maybe. I think Maybe. I think it's something about the Pittsburgh Steelers specifically, and especially the Duck versus Mason thing. I mean, I saw it. I'd have people in my comments that year, which, by the way, like was great for getting us off the ground because that was my first season. Yeah. Um, you know, Duck Hodges is really why I broke through the algorithm. There was just no Duck Hodges content. <laughs> um, and they, there were people, I'd have people in my comments that were like, Duck Hodges is better than Mason Rudolph. And I just He's feel like, not. <laughs> and I just feel like, what are you, what? Like the guy like he he can't throw the ball like he's not an nfl passing quarterback he just you know he can't use the middle of the field even some of his deep throws like that touchdown to washington against cleveland i think or cincinnati i can't yeah i think it was against cincinnati i mean like it was so lucky like the defender who i think was carl joseph now that i think about it um just like whiffed and i mean the guy just he just had that like luck moxie thing but you know, Rudolph's a better player than Duck, but it just yeah. people get people get lost in that sort of mindset of of the story, you know. Well, like someone else in the chat right here says that like Mason, oh well, he's got the long ball and that's it. I disagree. I think he's got the middle of the field that he's pretty good at. I think his short range has gotten better. Mm-hmm. And again, I can't stress it enough. He was in the worst offensive scheme in the league. That is true. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he still had a positive touchdown to interception ratio and still beat the Rams and Sean McVay. He still went out and beat the Colts. He still went out. Like, he, he did a good job. He started. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. That's the thing Steelers fans don't realize that they don't think about. It was 5-3. Is that, is, that, is that teams, like, teams that lose their quarterback over the season – Green Bay was not competitive when they lost Rodgers for the season. Dallas was not really very competitive last year without Prescott. When you lose your quarterback, extremely hard. Most teams, most teams, unless you have like a Nick Foles kind of backup quarterback or whatever, you know, one of those guys that could be a starter. Unless you have one of those guys, pretty much your chances of competing go out the window. Meanwhile, we were watching an entire December of football where we thought maybe we were going to get in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. you at least you can at least even if you don't like the guy, you can at least appreciate the effort he can, that he put in when he exact. had a chance. I mean, that it's a hard situation to get thrown into for literally anyone. That's what I hate Whether about Whether they're the best quarterback or the worst, it, that is going to be a hard situation. That's what I hate about it the most. He didn't have a quarterback coach, bro. Like literally yeah. he played a whole year and yeah, didn't have a quarterback on. coach as, as a rookie and he was admittedly raw. And he didn't have no, a quarterback. First three I, years, first yeah. three years, he didn't have a quarterback coach. Yeah, well, I'm just saying because he didn't because he played in 19. So I'm saying like as a rookie, he didn't have one. But he was a he was second year. When yeah, he played first. And I mean, I just everybody he made he made physical sacrifices as in in part to win games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's why I knew Tomlin wasn't going to just hand Haskins the backup job over him because. 
He values yeah. that, and he should. He's been to battle with that guy, and whether you like it or not, he's been in the foxhole with him. And yeah. and and yeah. you don't have yeah. to love Mason Rudolph. You don't have to think he's going to be the next backup quarterback, but dude got knocked the fuck out cold playing quarterback oh, yeah. for the Pittsburgh oh, Steelers. God. Like That shot was brutal, dude. Oh, I, well, here, I'll ask you both this, actually. Do you know how long it takes to recover from a concussion? Years. Literally. Well, <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Forever. What I'm saying is like, but like, I'm saying, immediately, like yeah. before you can actually start playing again? Uh, I think it's pro- sure. it's at least in the NFL protocol, I think it's like at least 10 days, right? You have to be no, able the, to like the, prove yourself to do something or something. No, the NFL protocol is bullshit. It's almost as bad as WWE's. It takes yeah, over a month to recover from wow. a concussion. And, ben, and keep in mind, Mason played less than two weeks later with yeah. like backup offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. In a in a year he just gets thrown in there. It's like Yeah, still what? suffering from a concussion. Like Yeah. 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 No, I, I um I don't know. I don't know. It's but I don't know. He it, he'll be remembered for liking Tommy Loren's Instagram, which isn't a good look. It's uh, not, and for it's not a and for look. almost and for almost getting killed by Miles Garrett. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. hey, I get it. I just, I don't, I don't put out a lot of bad on somebody unless they put bad on the Steelers. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I can't. I I've seen uh, the other one that really bothered me this off season is how much people really were kind of shit talking. Uh, my man, Mini Mike Hilton. Like, yeah. dude, Mike Hilton is the NFL like. Uh, he's like you know the NFL, like the American dream of the NFL. The dude, yeah. the dude yeah, carved exactly. out a niche for himself. Mm-hmm. The Steelers didn't want to really pay him. They strung him along with the unrestricted because he was like a. He took it like a pro. Wasn't too, he man, like, like a restricted? Boy, yeah. He was like a restricted free agent or something. Like he definitely he was playing mad cheap the whole time he was here. Yeah, and he he earned it. I mean, people, most people, he was probably like the most notable and known slot like blitzing corner in the league and he went into free agency and took a deal it's not really his fault that that other that the team that offered it was the Bengals. uh yeah he did it with with complete grace as far as i'm concerned i mean if you're gonna leave the team that's that's the way to do it and and i you can't be mad at somebody like that yeah, and then I see somebody, my guy NRG in the chat, who's yeah, a like, good, what do you expect good fan, and he says Jesse Bates was the best safety when he knows it's been good. But you can't like, you can't the read is, anything into that though. That doesn't mean anything. Like you're gonna say he's that on about, the Bengals. Yeah, he's gonna say that. That's gonna, just what, what it's gonna be. He said what, he said Minka was when he, when he was on the Steelers. It's just what it's gonna be. Yeah. What do you think that he's gonna like say when he's on the Bengals? Uh, oh no, Minka's way better than Jesse. Jesse sucks. Yeah, this guy's my teammate. That yeah. guy sucks. I mean, yeah. it's just <laughs> it's just who you're with in the moment. I don't. I it doesn't. I don't. And you got these reporters down your neck asking you these questions, and like, what do you expect him to say? You're not gonna. Throw I know. I know. I know. I. You know, I wouldn't read too deep into something like that. Is all we're trying to say. I, I mean, we're not trying to be. You know. I get so I get so just like especially in the social media age it bums me out especially like we talked about the juju thing ad nauseum but I feel like you know um, oh shit something just fell off my wall I don't know what it was um, <laughs> that was weird I have no idea what that was uh, anyway we talked about it with juju and with the social media age and I'm like 
you know, you're part of the experience of these guys being on the team. Nobody thinks about the fact that they're, these kids are scrolling through Twitter. I mean, Juju is 24 years old. If I'm going to put, what am I, I'm 31. What am I going to do? I'm going to put hate out there on this 24 year old kid who sacrificed way more and risks his health every single week. And then I'm going to be like, well, why'd you want to leave? You know, when all I did was talk shit about you, you know what I mean? Like that's part of the whole thing. And that's especially with the TJ thing. I I don't want people to go negative with it because, you know, I think you're as a fan, you're part of the experience for these guys being a member of your team. And I don't know. I, I just hate I hate when that turns negative. That's all. Yeah. And it just seems to so often. And I mean, we find it it's it's always with someone. And I mean, I've already dropped his name, so I'll say it again. Mark Madden. Like he always seems to have his select stealer to constantly talk shit about. It was Juju and like I remember it was it was Jerome Bettis back in the day. And like he just he always had his his fucking like his, his target bag. yeah he yeah. and uh, yeah <laughs> no, I, I don't even know what to say no but i mean like really I, it's so much it's so focused on negative negativity and like it's like i mentioned before that it's it's essentially just hot shotting for a one-week rating and it's it's about creating outrage rather than building a rapport with your fan base and i think that that's something that i that i think we all take pride in the five-star matchup is that we we're, we're a little different in that respect yeah man i'm just Definitely. trying to i'm just trying to i'm trying to enjoy being a steelers fan you know i i don't yeah let's enjoy it a little more boys i don't get i don't get anything out of feeling negative about it um because i look forward to this all year and it's you know we're talking about six days now we're playing a game <laughs> and i just we get to watch a game in six days. Oh, I can't wait. Like, I'm nervous, but I can't wait at the same time. It's uh, it's very exciting. Um, if we win that game, if we do come out of, out of Buffalo with oh, a we're win, the Super Bowl. I would be, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I, I would be, it's going to be insane. TJ Watt, plays, TJ, TJ Watt plays 15 snaps and gets three sacks. <laughs> No, that's something I don't mind him getting necessarily reduced playing time because I think that if you can just keep a rotation going where you yeah. can keep your guys, we have enough all... skill at that position. That I know, it, I don't. Yeah, but like, I just it's it's a legacy. It's all I'm saying is a less than a hundred percent TJ week one. It 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 changes the legacy just ever so slightly for me. That's all I'm saying. Like he becomes more of a system player. I see what you're it's saying. It's just it just changes it just a little bit when you're like, oh, like I thought TJ was just not like that. Well, you know, like I think mind, of when I think yeah. of guys who who have missed games, like leaders on the team who have missed games for like either contract related or disciplinary related things. You know, the guys that come to mind: Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant. Uh, Cedric Wilson back in the day. Uh, I think James Harrison got in trouble here or there. Ben, obviously. Um, Antonio. And again, I'm very pro player. Get your money. I just didn't really think that I would be saying that about TJ Watt. That's all. That's all. He didn't practice all of August. And that's fair. All I'm saying is evaluate, evaluate him by the same the same tools you're using to evaluate a guy like Juju. That's all I'm saying. Cause Juju was there every day of training camp. So, you know, no, I, 
If you're bringing the hate, just... if you're bringing the hate for other dudes, bring bring the hate for him. If he if he doesn't sign now, after sitting out this whole camp, I I think it's 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 I I think you I think Steelers fans should be a little pissed Critical, about it. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's well, worth criticism. I mean, if I can uh, paradigm shift ever so slightly, uh, I would really like to have a little bit of a juju. Like, I really appreciate and I really like Juju's style of play. And it's because, like, everybody says it now, but really I was saying it, like, when we drafted him. I was like, he reminds me of Heinz Ward. Yep. Yeah. Where he just, he blocks, he catches the ball, he goes forward. Like, he had, like, what, 150 targets last year. He dropped three of them. Oh, yeah, no, his drop rate was tremendously 2.3. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, he's a dude that he goes out there, he he lowers his head. How many times have we seen him catch the ball, lower his helmet, and plow over a fucking corner? And then all people talk about afterwards, not to make it negative, but they talk about his TikTok dances and not him whooping ass on the field. And I just oh, I couldn't, the, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, best slot receiver in the league. To me, if anything, it's more impressive that he was able to make all those TikToks while he was still going to practice. TJ didn't go to any (laughs) fucking practices, and he didn't make shit on the internet. There you go. I'm taking TJ to task here a little bit today. I'm just... I'm just kind of using it as an ironic way to point out that hypocrisy and the way people perceive things. That's all I'm saying. I just think it's interesting. I, I think if... If he wore a different number, people would be talking about it different. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you. I mean, you can think of it like you can compare Mason and and Juju in that kind of way, where people have this outward opinion on what they do, and yes, can't can't, can't judge them from a different perspective as well. You know what I mean? You you have to really separate those. Opinions. It's okay if you have that opinion of him, but it's not fair for you to knock his play for that opinion. Exactly. That's where, that's where I see an issue. Exactly. And I, that's something I mentioned this on Twitter once where I said uh, Mason Rudolph will go six for seven, like during a preseason game, and he'll get shit for not throwing it deep enough. Dwayne Haskins literally ended his last start with a 2.3 passer rating and they called him QB2. I know. I never saw anything from Haskins, and I'll tell you, I wanted to. He's not that good. Yeah, I, wa- I, I, I wanted to, and I and I didn't I want did it to too. become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I wanted to be like, oh, damn, like this dude like might you know, have a chance to really be the guy. And I'm sorry, I didn't see anything. I, I Even the game that everybody was so hyped about. I mean, he threw a yeah. bunch of dump-offs. Like, it. To me, you're a first round pick, man. You played at Ohio State. Like if you're playing against you're going some, against backups. If you're, you're going, going against, against backups, backups, you should too. be chucking that fucking damn thing and getting, you know, these big gainers. Like I yeah. I don't know. I didn't find it impressive at all. I thought Mason Roundley out, uh, outplayed him in the preseason. I frankly. I think a lot of people liked the idea of him and they came to their conclusion yep. prior Mason to Rudolph. actually watching. Yes, like Mason, I completely agree with you, Austin. Uh, Mason Rudolph played against first strings and second strings and did better against them than than Dwayne did against second and third stringers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and, I agree. And people in the chat are talking about Mike T being a great coach. I do not agree. I do not think he is a great coach. He's gotta, a good coach, not a great coach. We got to have, that's a good, that's a good, um, be a good discussion. segment that we were going to do one day. Uh, we'll have to do this as one of these because this is the first, the first radio we've done, the three of us. But that, 
we got to do that as a radio segment one day we were planning on. I think me and Gage were going to do like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing <laughs> with, with Tomlin. And I'm down. That would be Still fun. Down. Austin, you'll have to like, you'll like moderate us and, and keep yeah, us yeah, in Yeah, yeah, I'll be the moderator. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun though. Cause I, Tomlin, I think oh. is, com- Tomlin is compelling, you know? Cause it, I, I, you could make a strong case. Not a sh- I don't think you could make a strong case that he's like terrible coach, but I think you could make a strong case that he's like great or that he's not that great. So. I, I agree. I that's kind of where I am is where it, it's kind of in between where you guys are because yeah. I think there's valid arguments to both and I can definitely see why there's some decisions that he's made that can be criticized. I mean, it's it's fair to do that. It's you true. Know, you shouldn't stop yourself. I think too many people stop themselves from from being able to criticize mistakes even if they like somebody. I mean, you can you can still give your opinions on those things without like being i don't know completely negative about it's, it or well you know the interesting thing is in the last four years he's got two or three things that are the most unforgivable things he's done as well as like two or three things that are some of the greatest achievements he's had in his whole career like yeah. if you think about it to me, the getting absolutely crushed in the first round of the playoffs, both 17 and 20, yeah. are just ugly. I mean, even if they, they were allowed to lose to the Browns last year and not have it be like a black mark on his record, but to have two games, two straight playoff games where you gave up 48 and 49 points at home, I'm sorry. That's just not okay. That's not good enough. And, and, and but then, but then on the other, on the flip side of that, like, to me, I thought that eight and eight season was the crazy was the the most amazing season of his career. I mean, 2018 is the most amazing season because they won the Super Bowl. But in terms of what expectation versus what he accomplished, I'm sorry, what he did in 19 was absolutely nuts. To win eight games with that quarterback room, pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I would agree that it's impressive. I, I I don't think I would disagree with anything you just said. And uh, some people in the chat are saying. Like, oh, yeah, and then they just fire the coordinators. Now, I'm not saying that Tomlin should be fired. I think he's a good coach. Like, good, not not great. I think that he's he's horrible at time management. I think he relies he's, on the talent yeah, of his players to win. Yeah. I think that he has a terrible habit of, of at least occasionally playing down to competition. Um, like, I remember people were talking, they were making a note last year when we were making our 11-0 run. They were talking about, oh, well, you know, Tomlin's, like, out coaching the hell out of, Fran- of Freddie Kitchens. And it's like, well, yeah, Freddie Kitchens is dog shit. I would hope that he can out-coach <laughs> Freddie Kitchens. It, every time, without yeah. exception, pretty much, every time that he goes against Sean Payton or Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, like, every single time He's he goes coach. up against one of these good schematic is... coaches... He gets the shit kicked out of him. That is true. He even struggled against Peterson last year, and the Eagles were diminished. I don't think that Peterson is as bad of a coach as people. No, make that's him what I'm saying. I'm me. saying no. I'm giving him the credit yeah. there. I'm saying he. Yeah. I, I. No. I, I can't believe they moved on from him. Quite frankly, yeah. I, I think that's. I thought he was. I, I can't. That shows you the problem with franchises like that. Even though the Eagles, yeah. you know, I know Steelers fans, Pittsburgh, Philly, everybody hates each other, but. You know, I I look at the Eagles as a franchise that mostly does it the right way. To be quite honest, they they have a little stupid stroke here or there, but I I think they run their franchise mostly the right way. And I I was shocked that they they let him go. I really I think he's a great head coach. 
Oh, I actually, I wanted to add one quick thing, Austin. I'm sorry. I, yeah, one quick thing it. I wanted to add was that, uh, was that with Coach Tomlin, is it just a coincidence that the only team that he ever won a championship with was basically Bill Cowher's team and that it was the only, it was hands down the most balanced team he ever had and it wasn't made by him. Like our offense uh, is good. It's I know, but that's so tough though. See, the thing is, the thing is with 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 the head coach position, it's probably one of the hardest things to gauge because of how many Bro. other factors there are that play yes. into it. There's so many other things that could be going towards that, and and it's easy to point at the head coach as the bad guy, but at the end of the day, it can be a super hard thing to actually gauge. Yeah. Well, think about that. Well, think about this: that Bill Cowher made it to the Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell. He almost made it to the Super Bowl with Tommy Maddox. He almost made it to the Super Bowl with Cordell Stewart. Well, some of that's a, a hair misleading. I mean, he made it to the Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell in 1995. Back in the 90s, Neil O'Donnell had the highest career touchdown to interception ratio in NFL history. But I Just think a lot say, of that goes to scheme. Though. Okay. Because everything was run and sure. play action. But I there think is, it inflated there the is, there is an element of people trying to act like Neil O'Donnell wasn't a pretty good NFL quarterback, and by '90s standards, he was a pretty good NFL quarterback. Cordell, you know, hit or he miss. Was, he was junk. Maddox to say to say Maddox, they almost got the Super Bowl. I mean, they won a play. They won a playoff game with Tommy Maddox. I mean, yeah. Well, and to okay. be honest, that was and that was and that was almost entirely on Tommy Maddox. I mean, they came yeah. back. They came back from like twenty five down in that game. So I can't. Yep. Uh, I can't. I don't know. It's tough. I, Tomlin. I can't discount what he added to that team in terms of attitude because they changed in '07. I mean, that 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 was. They, they, you know, and plus he he made Harrison a starter. He drafted Woodley. Uh, he made slight tweaks, but yeah. I mean, come on, Ben it Roethlisberger, Willie Parker, Heinz Ward, Santonio. It still Holmes, counts. John Gruden, John Gruden gets the mm-hmm. ring for two thousand two, not Tony Dungy. Yes, like, but it was Tony Dungy's team. Sure, but Tony Jun- Dungy didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but he built the roster. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think. I think I will say I think that's a good point. A good point to uh, start winding down this show, only because we've been talking for two and a half straight hours, and this has been an yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely dope stream. Most of these people, like Great I've show. been seeing the same names in here the whole time, dude. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. Um, we've had that's a solid, shot. solid chunk of people hanging out this whole time. Absolutely perfect. Uh, love to see it. Uh, keep your eyes peeled. Make sure you turn on notifications for us. If somebody else, if somebody in the chat hasn't liked this, by the way, it has 49 likes, you know, give me like a nice even number. 50. We got 50. Come on. Let somebody. It's at 50. Oh, okay. Give us an okay. uneven okay. number now. We want uneven. Yeah, we want 100 million likes. No, but seriously, everything you can do, especially when the videos are new, if you can interact with them, like them, comment, uh, share them. That's really the big thing. Share them up with people who might be other Steelers fans. Yes, um, we're all Steelers fans here, guys. We're just yeah. we just want to talk with you guys. So as many Ex- people as we can talk to, that's you know, exactly be more fun that way. Exactly. We're all super active on Twitter. And here, I want to give one more topic that I think this is a good topic to lead off on if you guys are interested. Okay. So Jesse James caught that ball is in the chat. I mean, he's been here like the whole time. So shout out to him. Is he still here? Yeah, he's still oh here. My God. He just said, "I will You're not allow." 
I will not Whoa. allow any Cordell Stewart slander. Uh, he's going to be on the show, it... by the way. I've talked to him about being on the show, so we'll have him on someday. But Awesome. Well, he says, I will not tolerate any Cordell Stewart slander. And I agree. Uh, I actually am making the argument. I think that the Bill Cower, the, the West power run offense that he was running, I think it actually worked really well with Cordell. I think Cordell in modern NFL would fit in perfectly. Totally. I, they it's he he was a product of an era in the NFL when they tried to change players to fit coordinators as opposed to the other way around and I've said this before but Cordell Stewart is the one who is special not Chan Gailey you know that's true you know that's why you see the Ravens that's why Harbaugh's a good coach the second they got Jackson they completely changed the entire identity of the team and that's what you have to do and no one ever did that for Cordell sadly. Yeah. yeah, and but I think that it, it that he, having Cordell as the quarterback added another layer to the offense where you have all the receivers because you know how the how the Bill Cowher, the Marty Schottenheimer kind of offense was where it was either a power run or it was a play action deep shot. So because you have everybody running down the field, you have a mobile quarterback like Cordell Stewart, and all of a sudden, oh great, I can just run because there's no box. So I think that Cordell actually made the offense a little bit more versatile. I think that him nowadays, or maybe even if we had him like when the when power was still like the center point of the Mike Tomlin offense, I think it would be cool to have Cordell in the modern day offense. I don't disagree with Definitely you. Definitely be interesting to see. I mean, I think we're going to be seeing a quarterback that's pretty similar to an evolved version of him on Sunday. Only he's playing for the oh, yeah. other team, and that would be Josh yeah. Allen. Um, I don't He's know. Great. All right, boys, get your get your plugs in. Gage, what do you want to plug? Your Twitter, right? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Gage Ryan Video. I I'm pretty active on it, so you should definitely follow, follow. him. Austin, you I'm are. Also, yep. Yeah, I'm also a very active Twitter user at Steelers Take. Also, uh, we should mention um, before we go, we should mention Tunch as well. Just um, saying. Oh right, you yes. know. We don't have to talk about it much, but at least like, you know, rest in peace to him, and and I hope his family is yeah. doing well. And and the, and honestly, he had so many people around him who loved him, and they'll be. There's no. just I I like the amount of support that I saw, and it's a good lesson to everyone. You know, you gotta take life in stride because you never really know what another year can hold for you. Live it. You know, just your life can it. completely change. You know, so live so live it. your life, do what you love. That is that is the message. Um, no, that's a great great note le- note to leave on. Uh, Tunch was obviously a great man. I can't add anything to that conversation that hasn't already been said. Um, yeah. But you know, wish his family the best. I know sometimes with situations like that, it, it suffering isn't great either. So you know, whatever. Hopefully they're at peace. I I hope. Um, they're doing as well as they possibly can. I I can't imagine mm-hmm. somebody contributing more to society and existing than a guy like Tunch. That guy was just iconic. And obviously when everybody says you're the best person they ever met, there's some truth there. Oh, no question. Um, all right. So yeah. And then for, uh, for me, I'm assuming if you're watching this, you already follow me on everything at five star matchup. Again, if you can uh, consider it, the Patreon is only four or $7 a month. 
um, or there's a lower option, but that $4 one or $7 one is kind of where you get the free stuff. So that's the move, patreon.com slash 5SMU if you can. Uh, make sure you share, like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Appreciate you guys hanging out so much. Uh, Gage and Austin, you want to stay on for just a second? I'll say goodbye to you guys in real life. Uh, everybody on the chat, I appreciate you so much. We've been hanging out for like two and a half hours on a fine Labor Day. I got to go eat some food. Uh, I'm starving. See you guys later and be well. Take care, guys.